This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Y'all heard, take it from the top. One, two. My mic sound nice, check one. My mic sound nice, check two. My mic sound nice, check three. Are you ready? If you don't mind, I will begin at the beginning. It's a new day. Let's get going. One, two, three. Four, five, six. It's Wednesday. It's the day that was Wednesday. Who gets excited on a Wednesday? These guys do. I'm sure there's plenty of quality people who would love to have sex with what you got going on and not murder you. We were listening to what was going on. The one in particular, he was then, he was early. Then you had three others that probably a similar deal a little bit later, but a similar kind of a thing. And now. Everyone's worrying and it's a mess. That's America Corporation. Hey, at least we're alive. Our feature presentation. I mean, we do have that. Mm-hmm. He's right. At least we're alive. Mm-hmm. Morning, everybody. Brand new Kevin Abicho. It's Wednesday morning. It is the 22nd of May. What's up, Thin Mints? Better than yesterday. Yeah. Okay. Better than yesterday. All right. I'll sit with you for a minute. <laughs> okay. Hey, um, Ali, how, how was James last thing? He did good. Sorry, we're out of Wow, what a setup. Understandable, understandable. <laughs> Quick yeah. segment. What a yeah. setup. I went too long. I went too long. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. You did. We don't need all the details. Just want to know if you want or not. That's <laughs> he, all. He did. He what? Okay. What's everybody else up to? Oh, you know, hanging and begging like we do. Right? I have, a, I have a sneeze waiting. Oh, all right. Yeah. It's the worst feeling. Looking at the light, trying to get it out. Is your sneeze super aggressive like the one I did randomly out of nowhere right into the mic? Or is it cute, like kind of like you stepped on a duck like beans? Well, it's... <laughs> There's sorry. I could That's never beans. even pretend that it will sound like beans. Oh, it's too so bad. I, I, lean, I lean more towards... The... I feel like if you can't reach that level that bean has reached, right? don't sneeze. Why even attempt? Right. Yeah. Dumb uh, question. Uh, I'm not a medical doctor. I, I know some of what? you are. What? But, this, um, is, this is awful news. What causes sneezes? It's... Oh, I have no idea. I was going to make something up. Everyone's, <laughs> everyone's looking at me like I really know the answer, well, and then you, I realized I should not answer. You it. actually you had the composure of somebody <laughs> yeah, who was no, actually I, going to fill us I, in. I was going to go, well, and then I went, no, this isn't worth it. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're also the Jewish guy, too, so I just right. assumed you, at some point you got a degree. Oh, I know. thought you were going to say because I have a big nose. No, uh, no, no. Okay. I was going to say because you Googled it because you're super anxious about sneezing. I probably am. Water <laughs> uh, stereotypes. I, uh, I don't know. I have no clue. I don't know what we get <laughs> from sneezes. People are Same. yelling at their radio. Because they definitely know. Oh, no, this is a great start. I know. <laughs> when it's like a little dusty somewhere, I immediately sneeze. So it has to do. It has to have something to do with like What's the little in the air? tickles in the air. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it, a compulsive. Okay, can I read this real quick? Sure. Yeah. A sneeze is a semi-autonomous convulsive expulsion of air from the lungs through the nose and mouth, usually caused by foreign particles irritating the nasal mu- mucosa. 
right, yeah, so it's, it's irritation of the mucous membranes in the nose or throat. So anything gets in there and you're like, <laughs> pushing it out. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> there he is again. So, in other words, uh, something in we the air. We can't possibly have more questions on this. I'm just making sure. Yeah, something Look. in the air annoys your nose. Sneezes, what's up? What the hell? <laughs> How many more questions do you have? That's a Pomeranian sneeze, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I also love. A lot of noise from a little animal. It is. Look, as I say, Kevin, I am a curious person. Right, but they just learn things as I go. Right. That's all. And they read the entire thing. Both of them read what it is. <laughs> and yeah, then you the had first follow-ups. It was the first sentence. I thought there might be more to it than that. I just want to make sure I clearly understand. That's all. Well, look it up. God. Well, we were talking. None just... of this helps that I have one in the chamber. I mean, okay. I think it does. All right. You think it'll... I, I'm going to do the thing now. Do you think that the sneeze will come during the thing, or do you think it'll it'll wait until after? If it does, I'll celebrate it. Please do. Please do. Yeah, do not... Uh... Don't push the mute button. No, I won't. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We want to hear it in all... <laughs> Sorry. Allie, I know that you, uh, you know, you consider yourself an old maid and are unlikely to ever find all. love. I don't at all. And she doesn't it's think that at all. And it's something that really annoys me. She's so me. sad and lonely. Like that drop on the show that you guys play it all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really annoys me. Okay. You're... And I'm not, I'm not kidding, though. Okay. And I've brought it up before, and you guys still do it. So you won't find love. So here's my point. So still, again... <laughs> Christopher, I'm telling you, this is good news because mm-hmm. I think I have found your man. I think I have found the perfect guy that you have been waiting for. Haven't been waiting. Point. Allie's but, been doing pretty well without a man, God, I'm going to say. Damn it. That's it's be- not annoying at all. Because she hasn't met Christopher Fitzgibbons, who lives in Limerick, Ireland. Tell me this guy doesn't already sound perfect for you. Limerick, Ireland. All right. right. Here's the deal. He's 23, ooh, 23 years old. He spent about $3,800 to lower his Volkswagen Passat so that the car now only has four inches of ground clearance. Yes. And as a result of doing this, he can no longer take his usual route to work through the village of Galbali in Limerick, Ireland, because the village has installed speed bumps on various roads in town. So he can't drive over him anymore because his car is too low. All right? He's now suing the city because of it. Because of the speed bumps? And he can't- because he has had to remap his route to work. He told the Daily Mail because of the rerouting, that's an extra 30 miles a day, 150 miles a week, 600 miles a month, 7,000 miles a year, all because the speed bumps are too high for my car. He also claims to have incurred around $2,500 worth of damage to his Passat by driving over the speed bumps, and he wants the village to pay for it. Yeah, he sounds great, Bean. <laughs> He's a fine. He's a real fine. I mean, what, uh, what are you even doing today? How, how, li- how, what are you doing how today? How is that person a catch? No, because he, I don't know, he lives in Ireland. I thought you'd be, you'd be down. That's all. You like Irish boys, right? I hate you right now. What that happened to, insane. what happened to all of us who now think, oh, I don't like Game of Thrones, so I'm going to ask them to remake it for me. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I lowered my car and I don't like the speed right. bumps, so I'm going right. to sue to get those taken away for me. Insane. He uh, described his interaction with the village's road engineer like this. I complained about the first one for about six weeks, and they basically responded to me with two fingers up and put four more ramps down in February. I went to the council office where the road engineer is based. I got nothing back but physical and verbal abuse and intimidation. (laughs) Physical abuse. (laughs) Really? 
The road engineer was so I mean, mad at I me. I hate everything about him and the fact that that was how he started the story. You're going to love him, how is boy. This a candidate to date is anyone? your dusty V going to wet right up? He was getting the physical abuse, by the way. He wasn't uh, He wasn't holding, you know, uh, meeting it out. He was the, uh, the recipient end. <laughs> I'm, I'm just trying to process what I was just saying. All right, go ahead. Uh, the road engineer was so mad at me and kept pushing me, telling me I had no effing right to be here and who the F was I to complain. By the way, I like how they do business in Ireland because we're way too nice in this country. So anyway, he feels discriminated against and he says, look, I was just trying to make my Passat look fresh and this cool, uncaring, discriminatory town deliberately chose to build speed bumps knowing full well that it would prevent my fresh Passat from driving over them oh, because they were all jealous of how fresh my sedan yes. was. Yes. It's got to be. Did thing. he really say fresh that many times in that he many did. sentences? He oh. This is truly so, a swipe right. Awesome. So he feels discriminated against because of his modified car. All right, I'm going to put him in the file of not right for Allie then. Mm-hmm. I miss okay. I misread this mm-hmm. situation. And uh, we can let him go. All right. Okay. All right. We'll, t- we'll take him out of the hopper. He's in the hopper? He was, he in, was the in the hopper. Okay. Right. Not anymore. What what is, what is still still no, it's not out. It's not coming what out. What the hell? No, I'm pushing it, but it's not. It, it's, I'm going to sit with this all day. I think you know you're what lying I'm to us. The itch in the nose. Yeah, tomorrow? that tickle and you're no. like, here it comes and God. it never does. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, you're going to date like, that dude or what? Kind of like a man. Just, you wait for it and just never, what? never I'm appears. Sorry? Yeah. yeah, I'm just doing doing, doing the bit, the bit right. with Bean. Jumping mm-hmm. in. Having fun with the old philosopher. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about today's Kevin and Bean show, shall we? That can horn you up. I'm just, I'm always happy that we're not on the air before six, so people don't have to hear that. This is why we do the run-through, you guys. This is what the whole point of this half hour is. if that's the case, then when we start, it's Mm going to be completely different because it's going to be great. Because no one likes that. New show. New show. I'll have already sneezed. Uh, Actor David Tennant will join us in studio. Wow. Big name. How about that? Mm -hmm. He is the best. Um, I slept next to my dead wife. Oh, congratulations. Not me, but I mean, there's a story that I'm oh, going to introduce you to. I don't know. You, to. you worded it that real no, weird. No, <laughs> like you said it. Nope. And you said I. Mm, I mean, I, the guy said mm-hmm. I slept next to my dead wife. Oh. Yeah, there was no the guy said at the beginning. <laughs> right. But, okay. I'm Hulk Hogan, by the way. Right. Oh. Okay. Uh, Jensen's top five music movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We've really stretched this one. We really have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've got your uh, passes for Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Fantastic. And... Um, you don't want to be a horse at Santa Anita. No, <laughs> you don't. No, no. It's coming up this morning. We will take a break. We'll come back with what's happening next. It's Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. Let's find out what the hell is going on. Allie's here with What's Happening. You know when you're driving and you're listening to certain music, it it kind of affects your driving style. Mm-hmm. You're listening to some mellow tunes. You're just kind of driving mellow. Maybe something a little more aggressive. You're driving a bit quicker. Sure. Well, that happened to one driver who tweeted, Driving home from Penn State, I got pulled over and given a ticket for the first time ever. And when asked why I was going 99 in a 70, I was dangerously close to admitting that I was banging out to Halsey's new song, Nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) So Halsey saw the tweet. That's pretty sweet. What? Halsey saw the tweet. Okay. Wrote back, What's your Venmo? I'll pay your ticket. Drive safely, please. How cool is that? How wow. awesome is that? How is a cool one? 
Wow. She's cool. That's just, that's awesome. Do you think I can send her my tickets? Yeah. I think if it's just every single one, it's just a say, different I was song. To Halsey. Right? Yeah. Then like a love song, you're like, I was driving slow, real emotional, <laughs> listening to Halsey. I mean, I think it's a great plan to ab- abuse the kindness of somebody who did a nice thing. That's yeah. what I thought, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Let's ruin it. <laughs> wow. All right. So no. Beans well, and no. Beans, beans and no. no. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I thought that's what we were all mm-hmm. saying. Yes. Okay. Say it. It's okay. a sweet thing that the lady did. Let's Too late. She just paid my mortgage. She did? Yeah, I just got that the alert. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> she is a giver, you guys. Hey, you know what's fun? Mom shaming, right? Who's I with agree. me? Mm-hmm. If you can say something to a woman that's either pregnant or recently had her baby, you know, when she's really wants to hear your opinion. Mm. We have that. uh, We have a story just like that coming up next hour. Yeah. Excellent. Well, this one involves Amy Schumer. She had her first mom shaming event, and boy, was she excited. Um, She actually tweeted out, I've always wanted to be mom shamed. (laughs) (laughs) So Amy Schumer welcomed her baby Jean with her husband, Chris Fisher, on May the 5th, and she returned to stand-up on Monday night, and predictably, people thought it was way too soon for Amy Schumer. Already? That's insane and inhumane. Contract or not, you need to be allowed at least six weeks for maternity. Like she was being brought up, like chained to do this set. Like, come on. Like she left her baby at one of the tables. Absolutely. Just laid him on there. Drink minimum, yeah. I I think she's voluntarily choosing to work. Also, I knew about her doing comedy because Danielle saw it on Instagram Mm -hmm. and was inspired by it. See? She was. She was like, that's really cool to see she's out there so soon doing things. Absolutely. You know what else is fun, Allie? What? Spelling is fun. Mm. Oh, wow. (laughs) Really? Mm. Really? Just because I said the word fun, you brought up the dumbest ever lyric in a Taylor Swift song? Because spelling is fun, kids. I don't think that's what we're saying. Spelling is fun. That's really Taylor Swift. Yeah. And Brendan Urie. Yeah, that's embarrassing. In the middle of the song, just what? What just happened? Why? Okay. Because you can't spell awesome without me or something. I don't know. I don't know. The lyric like that? Big fan over there. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I I have to say, um, usually celebrities aren't as forthcoming with the truth about things. Like they'll say, oh, I had to cancel some shows. Exhaustion. You know, I just, I couldn't do it. That type of thing. Not Cardi B. She's like, no, I had too much plastic surgery. I'm not ready to come back. Is that right? Wow. So she canceled the rest of her concerts this month as a result of her recent lipo. Damn it. She said she'll be back on the stage in June, which I, I kind of like. She's like, listen, I thought I could be back, but this stuff hurts. Okay. I don't know. Okay. Okay. So, okay. She also said uh, not only did she get um, lipo following um, her daughter culture's birth, but she got her breasts redone. And she said, I shouldn't really be performing because moving too much is going to F up my lipo. (laughs) And I mean, she's right. That's crazy. She's right. But wouldn't you, like, everyone else would be like, I didn't get anything done. Right. No, I'm just talking taking about? time mm-hmm. off to be with my daughter. No. <laughs> Is there a realer, I, I genuinely don't think so, a realer celebrity ever? The Cardi B? I, no, she lets it all hang out there, man. It's just yeah. all very genuine. Yeah. Hard, hard to hate it. No. 
Are you saying no? Be- but, but- oh, no, no, it's not hard. <laughs> I can do it. By the way, Bean could pick up those dates for her in a second. Oh, yeah. Oh, he could. Right? Bean, you want to spit out a little Cardi B for us? Uh, no, I don't. But um, Balenciaga. Yes. Uh-huh. See? Right? That's what I remember from that song. Mm-hmm. One word? Yes. Okay. I'm afraid so. <laughs> All right. I'm afraid so. Okay. I am a huge fan of hers, though. She's great. I, re- I really do love her. I, you know what made me like her even more? When she started to get political on Twitter and people got mad at her and her high school AP history teacher uh, jumped on Twitter and was like, I dare you to question her about government. Being like, she's one of my top students wow. ever. Really? Regarding president. Because she knows every president. Like, she's a big, she's like a politics person, weirdly. Wow. Yeah. And so it was a very cool moment where I was like, see, idiots, you think you know someone. <laughs> I will tell you this right now. My AP history teacher would be like, I have no idea how she was in this class. (laughs) And um, I know she took it so she wouldn't have to take it in college. Mm -hmm. But she wasn't great. I think that's what my teacher would say. And I'd say, Mr. Teleska, thank you. (laughs) God, I wonder if he's still there. Shout out. Probably Louisville dead. High School. No. Based on years, yeah. No. Well, yeah. Based on years? How old do you think I am? No, no, no. I know. I'm saying I think most of my teachers are dead, too. Because they were in their 40s and 50s mostly, right? Right, but that doesn't make them dead. Well, they're dead to me. <laughs> I'm <laughs> saying, like, you that's know. Val- that's valid. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, how, about re- your, uh, how about your math teacher? You think he or she remembers you? Out? <laughs> 100% Mrs. Really? Bennett remembers me because it was painful for that woman but she did it with just like such a smile like i don't understand why you're not getting this it was it was painful for that woman i apologize mrs bennett you were such a delight she did what she could oh Pro- my probably dead god i don't think she's dead yeah, most, are most likely most okay. are teachers are dead. all right i mean let us know anyone at louisville high funny. school no it no. is funny when you're call. when you're in junior high or high school you think your teachers are so old yeah. and, and then you realize kevin as i'm sure you did once you had kids sure that they're like 30 <laughs> yeah. right right i remember thinking that 30 was old as hell yeah of course when i was a yeah. kid yeah i remember yep. we had a first year spanish teacher and he was I, in my head he was young which was like 40 you know, oh, he's he's young. You know, he's young for a teacher. I look back, I think he was like 26, 25. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? He was a child. I wound up tweeting the other day about um, when I was young, probably like eight or nine, an old man who I thought, like, he's in his 80s, obviously, told me um, something about my freckles. And he said, a girl without freckles is like a night without stars. And I was like, easy, creeper old dude. And then I started thinking about it. I'm like, that dude was probably in his 30s or 40s. Also creepy, yeah, though. Like, I'm doesn't not, change the creepy I'm not part. changing the creepy factor, but wow, it's true. We really, hmm. like right now, a little kid would think, that chick is so old. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, Your perspective yeah. changes for yeah. sure. By the way, that's a very sweet thing that that man said to you. Yeah, I think so, too. About the freckles. Was it creepy, though? He had his hand... What? What? Okay, never mind. What? Happy birthday, Naomi Campbell, Jennifer Goodwin, Maggie Q, Morrissey, and Daniel Bryan. Is there a bigger difference of human beings, Morrissey (laughs) and Daniel Bryan? (laughs) Yes. 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 (laughs) And that's what's happening. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. Let's revisit a topic that we have done the last two days in a row at this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Allie kind of brought it up after she saw uh, that, uh, what film was it that was showing? Uh, Rocket, Rocket Man. Man that nope. is 
Oh. Nope, the thing that was at the Will Turn or something in oh. Revival. Oh, yeah. The Doors movie is going to be movie. at the Will Turn. That's what started it. And mm-hmm. then we started talking about biopics and music movies and stuff like that. And she gave her top five. Yesterday, I gave my top five. Today, it's Jensen's turn. That's right. Uh, I'm very excited for this because I think we, we thought we were all going to have similar movies on our list. Yeah. I well, only have one real repeat. Is that right? That's true. You mean Almost Famous is not in your top five? No. Then get the hell out of here. Gee, well, number one, that's mean. Two, let me get through my numbers, then I'll leave. All right. Okay. Uh, number five is a, a 2004 movie that I don't think enough people have seen called Frank. Have you guys seen it? I've not. It stars Michael Fassbender, but you wouldn't know it because the entire movie he's wearing a huge, giant, human paper mache head. That's the one. Yes, oh, I remember that. I do remember uh, that. Guys, it's great, and no one saw it, which is always confusing to wow. me. Uh, he's the lead singer of the band. Uh, his name's Dom Hall Gleason, right? Dom, Dom oh, Hall. uh-huh. I think I'm saying it right. He plays a songwriter in, in a and, and he's added into the band. And from that point on, it's just sort of like this chaotic trip through a band trying to blow up at South by Southwest and, and the inner dynamics of it. And it's really like a touching tale of huh. trying to become an artist. It's great. And this is one of the songs in the movie. They all play their uh, own music and Michael Fassbender sings. El Madrid, it's nice to see you. It's really nice to be here. You didn't get a record deal, right? Well, I mean, you have to see how it plays out. But I like it. They all play their own. I mean, they all play their own instruments. It's it's just a good movie. Okay. Why does touching. he wear a paper mache hat on his? Uh, never, <laughs> never fully explained. Other okay. than the idea that he's eccentric, I love that, and he can't, you know, really face an audience. That it's sort of told, but never directly said. Like I wear this because he gotcha. see ya. He is yes, yeah, very <laughs> okay. much so. Uh, okay, so my fourth one is a movie out of Ireland. It stars Glenn Hansard uh, and Marquetta Erglova, and it's called Come Once. On. Yeah, that was in my top ten too. It's it called is, what? Once. It's called Once. Once. It is so good. It was a hit play as well, uh, but it's maybe the greatest soundtrack of the past twenty years, possibly. Uh, it's won an Oscar for it. After two struggling, they basically follow two struggling musicians who fall in love. They weave in and out of songs throughout it, so it's a musical to an extent. Uh, because I followed the rules and I didn't say like just because there's music in a movie. Sure, <laughs> right. Uh, some people follow the rules. Some don't. I try to do it just when it's about a musician, mm-hmm. right, a- sure. as was said in the email. Um, okay, so in <laughs> email re- emails emails. Yeah. The cool part about this too is that they dated in real life after they filmed the movie and went on a press tour. Is that right? Sadly, they broke up. No. Uh, but it's she a very... was very young for Glenn Hansard. Was she? Just saying. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. It's it's fine. I mean, in the movie, they seem kind of similarly aged. But also, I thought that teacher was uh, forty years old. He's 26 when I was a kid. Uh, This is a song from it. It's a great movie. Like one of the greatest soundtracks ever. Ali was lip syncing uh, and doing the movements. My friend yeah. Steve won uh, the Tony 
playing him on Broadway. Too. Right. No kidding. Yeah. And the movie's like barely, it's like there's no budget in it. No, they film it from like afar. It's whole great. whole vacuum cleaner scene. It's very good. It's a delight. Uh, my number three is Spinal Tap. We've heard enough about that. Uh, number two, I can't believe this wasn't on anyone else's list. It might be one of my favorite movies ever. Written, directed by Damien Chazelle before he made La La Land, which I hate oh. despite being a white person. Uh, this is a movie called Whiplash, and it's unbelievably oh, good. Is that that one where that guy just abuses the kid? The yes. drummer, yeah. Uh-huh. Came out in 2014, uh, stars Miles Teller, aspiring jazz drumming student, uh, one of the best villainous portrayals, I think, by uh, J.K. Simmons. Simmons? Mm-hmm. Simmons. Uh, he plays a college professor. That got him an Oscar for Best Supporting Actor. So good. Uh, 106 Minutes. <laughs> That's in my wheelhouse. That's key. That's in my wheelhouse. Uh, it also, for me, it takes a look at like what it what happens when someone wants to be the best in their field, whether it's like Tiger Woods or Kobe Bryant or whoever, like has, that is like giving up their whole life right. in order to be the best. Let's listen to a clip. This is uh, JK. He walks in on the student, Miles Teller, playing drums, practicing. This is what leads to the audition to join the prestigious school jazz band. What's your name? Andrew Naiman, sir. What year are you? I'm a uh, first year. You know who I am? Yes, sir. So you know I'm looking for players? Yes, sir. Then why did you stop playing? Did I ask you to start playing again? (laughs) I asked why you stopped playing and your version of an answer was to turn into a wind-up monkey. Uh, it's it's great. I that's love a, that movie. That's a tough room right there. That's uh, a great movie, though. Too. My number one. Just play it. Something takes a part of me. You and I were meant to be. Archie for me to lay. Something takes a Uh, I wish it was really a star is corn, but it's a star is born. The apple of my eye. <laughs> Released last year, starring Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga about an emerging singer who partners up with her lover, a legendary yet alcoholic singer-songwriter who helps her climb to the top of the charts, but yet finds himself at the lowest no. of the lows. You picked it just so you could play a star is corn. It- you had to. There's uh, no way this is your number one movie. I think I agree. There's no possible way. So you because think that this I think... movie was fine. You... It is not the best, and it is not the best of this genre. You did it to play a Star is Corn. Admit it, sir. <laughs> so you're saying that you think that I don't think Star is Born is better than Almost Famous? Absolutely. Correct. You don't think it's better than any of those? All right, I did it to play the song. <laughs> <laughs> it's Kevin and you Rock. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, 
like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Boy, I feel like there's uh, never been a more appropriate time to talk about womb shaming than in America in May of 2019. Uh, 2019. I mean, men have a lot of opinions on how women should be handling their business, don't they? They do, but also I have found just from my friends who have been pregnant, mm-hmm. women are the ones that are doing the womb shaming with really? Women, really? with pregnant women. Yeah. What's happening yeah. with people? People just have know your, better. Have your opinion yeah. and go ahead and keep it to yourself yeah. and live that way. You think. Allie did a story uh, a little while ago about uh, Amy Schumer. People having a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, thoughts on whether she should be back up on stage telling jokes because she recently had a baby. Really? Amy's uh, old enough. I think she can make that decision on her own. Oh, the word, now, she, now she's too old. The, to word, was, the word was inhuman. Was it not? It, it, it's inhumane, inhumane that you are yes. up there on the Got stage it. while you just had a baby May 5th. Yeah, I, I feel like she could arrange for child care to step out for 45 minutes if she cared to, and it's okay. Right. Well, here's a story that uh, comes to us out of the uh, Mirror newspaper in the U.K., Woman steps in after mum-to-be is womb-shamed by Starbucks barista over order. So this lady walks into a Starbucks to get herself a coffee. Mm -hmm. And uh, her name is Tiffany Stevenson. And she said an unbelievable bit of... Oh, I'm sorry. Tiffany Stevenson is the woman who saw the encounter. An unbelievable bit of womb-bothering in Starbucks. A pregnant woman got her caramel macchiato. And the guy behind the counter said, oh, it's for you? Do you want me to make it a decaf? And she said, no, thanks. Him. No, I should because caffeine is bad for the baby. Her. It's fine. I have one a day. And that, that by the way, should have been the end of it. it, it I don't she think shouldn't it even have to say that. I don't that. think I, it ever should have started. I agree. Yeah. I 100% but agree. if it does, you're right. This if it end does, it. now he's made his, he's protested yeah. and she said, I've got this. It's fine. I have one a day. This is where he goes, it, it, capital letter dick, all right? Mm-hmm. But you shouldn't, <laughs> he oh, says. Geez. Again, he's a Starbucks wow. barista, by the yeah. way. I don't think he has a medical degree. Oh, you don't think he's an OBGYN that just I does Starbucks for the, uh, for the benefits? Yeah. Yeah. So the lady at Tiffany who's sharing the story, she says, me, almost spontaneously combusting. Are you a man telling a woman what she should and shouldn't have during pregnancy? And then the barista says, oh, just because it's bad for the baby. That's why I'm saying it. Me. Unbelievable. Stop it. So she stepped in on behalf of the pregnant lady. Mm -hmm. Tiffany then added that the barista spent five more minutes trying to justify policing a stranger. And she says he was around 30 years old. Oh, are they doing OBGYN training at Starbucks these days? (laughs) And by the way, in case you're curious... According to the NHS, pregnant women can have up to 200 milligrams of caffeine a day, which is about two cups of coffee a day. So it's completely fine and completely within normal health restrictions for for a mom. But the point is, why did this guy, why is he dipping in? Why is a great question. I don't understand it. Mm-mm. I really Allie, you don't. Know, you've heard mansplaining your whole life. You've talked about it on the show. Why does this guy think he has the right to tell this lady what to do with herself and her baby? I I don't understand the entitlement of somebody thinking that they know better, especially someone that 
I'm going to take a guess he has never carried a child. <laughs> but between this and if you've ever been pregnant or know a woman that's been pregnant, they have been inundated with questions that are nobody's business. Yeah. Things like, are you going to breastfeed? I'm sorry. This is an Arby's. I just want <laughs> to get a meal. It's it's just it's insane to me that people feel that they have this right to tell you how to live your life like that. That is it's, the extra step. Like, everybody has their opinion. Okay, but the insane step is, I'm going to talk to you about your decision, and right. I'm going to tell you why I know better than you. It's well, cuckoo. I have an eight-month uh, pregnant wife mm-hmm. who uh, is... We've been very lucky, in a sense, that no one has done that to us at wow. all. Like, no one is... Uh, the only thing that happened is that this last weekend, Danielle went into a bathroom to, go to you know, go pee or whatever, and as she was walking out, a woman goes, oh, my God, you're so pregnant. And then she touched the belly. <laughs> which is, number one... A it's stranger. A stranger in a bathroom. Stranger oh. danger. Yeah, it's mm. not a good place. But uh, we've been very lucky. Like, obviously, when we first got pregnant, we talked to them, and they said one Starbucks coffee is mm-hmm. the amount of that caffeine, two a day if you make your own. Mm-hmm. Our, our doctor even said to us, uh, go ahead and eat three. You could have three tuna uh, rolls, mm-hmm. basically ha- hand rolls, in a week of sushi because people think you can't eat sushi either. Uh, so, like, I think it's just crazy to me that people think they know what's going on when in real life we're the ones going to the doctor and learning right. sushi is okay or, you know, a certain type of cheese is good. Another one isn't. You know, pasteurized is mm-hmm. a huge deal. So I just think it's funny that people would consider themselves experts when, like, until the day I went to the doctor, I would have thought all that stuff was off limits. And right, sure. it's constantly changing, yeah, too. always changing. When we were little, yeah, maybe some of our moms imbibed a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then it turned maybe out. a lot. And then in my it, case. Yeah. <laughs> no, oh, I'm just kidding. Then you weren't supposed to have anything. And and now it's okay. No, you can have a glass of wine. Then it, it's, yeah, it's that constantly way, it's changing. It's that way with lunch meats. So, like for a long time, like processed lunch meats were mm-hmm. like this terrible thing you can't have in pregnancy. So when we talked to our doctor, they were like, "Honestly, you can get sick from anything, guys. I mean, like don't like that. That's no different than anything else. Just be safe with where you're eating it. Don't get it off like a food cart in Tijuana." Uh, That's a good tip, probably. Yeah. yeah. So, but it's like, yeah, like you said, it just changes all the time. Why would anyone pretend to be an expert unless you went mm-hmm. to school for it? All right. I do have one question that I think may change our opinion on this, though. Maybe not. What happens if you see a pregnant lady smoking? What do you do then? Uh, that is a good question. My mom smoked. My mom smoked, too. But I don't understand. Through I'm going to... S- uh-huh. Really? Oh, yeah. Throughout the whole pregnancy. Yep. Uh, she says she stopped. She didn't. Guarantee, I guarantee half the people listening right now are like, yeah, my mom smoked. Yeah, absolutely. I know that people, like, you don't know you're pregnant sometimes mm-hmm. for four to five people, months or whatever. People yeah. of a certain age, their parents were of the age where everybody smoked all the time. People smoked in on planes. People yeah. smoked in mm-hmm. operating movie, movie rooms. Theaters. Movie theaters. Yeah. yeah, everything. What What would you Be, do? My answer is the same. Yeah. Keep don't it to yourself. Yeah. Keep it to It's none of your business. I think I, mean, I would mm-hmm. quietly judge. but Of course. Yeah. Quietly. I, I don't... <sighs> You don't speak up. You're not going to. But what are you going to do? Like, it's not like it's not like they have something on the top of their car and they're about to drive off. Like, it's not like you can help them by being right. like, oh, hold on, hold on. Like, right. like they know Did they're pregnant. Did you know smoking <laughs> yeah. is bad? They know, they're doing, they know they're doing something harmful to their baby, really. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I get, but it, that feels to me like. Child I mean, abuse? It does. It yeah. feels like child abuse because there's, there, there's no way that will ever be good for the baby. Ever, ever, ever in even limited doses, right? Yeah. I mean, right. that. That's a disaster. Even if you even if you take the stance of I need to say something, see something, say something. That person 
isn't going to change. No, she already knows. Say something. That so person already knows. You're just doing it for yourself. Yes. It would yeah. be funny if she, if you shut. go, you know, ma'am, you know, you're smoking. I am? Oh, God. And she just throws her <laughs> right? cigarette she down and stops no it idea. up. What? You know. So you don't, you don't think she's capable of being womb shamed, that woman. The smoking lady isn't capable of, no, I don't, of taking I mean, advice. Clearly, I don't think she cares. It's a true yeah. decision. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's yeah. a real thing. Well, just to close, uh, one of the comments on the story in the mirror says, uh, I am currently pregnant, and if someone tried to take my coffee a day away, I'd punch them in the face. <laughs> None of his business. Love you for sticking up for her. I think we're with her. Yeah. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. Kevin, it sounds like you've got a new crush. Well, um, I'm not sure it's a new crush, but there is a morning show on ITV. Mm-hmm. Is that in Britain? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. There's a morning show there, and they interview uh, weirdos, and they try their best to sort of empathize with them, and they don't mock, and they don't make fun, but they just let that person explain what they're about. This is the same show that had on the woman who has sex with ghosts, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Treated her like she wasn't crazy. Yes, exactly. They actually try to make her believe that they're on her side, and they do it genuinely, I think. I mean, they really do. So the headline for the article that I didn't write and wasn't about me is, I slept next to my dead wife. That was the headline. Well, it sounded very natural coming from you. Yeah, it just rolled it, off your lips. I'm just saying it wasn't. You sound but, like a guy with experience is all we're saying. But I'm saying it's we not We get about, why this story spoke to you. It is not about me at all, though, is what I'm saying. And here's the but interview. But related. Not. So here's the interview that they did with the guy who slept next to his dead wife for six days. It is a fascinating story and, and a, a beautiful story. Now, would you start off that way? <laughs> I don't know if it's beautiful. Is it a beautiful story? Okay. Your relationship is incredible. So she was first diagnosed with cervical cancer in 2006. And um, and, you, and you say she wanted to be in control of it. That's right, yeah. So from the start, Wendy got into the driving seat and stayed in the driving seat with her own health. So she didn't get on the conveyor belt of cancer mm. and just sort of do as the doctors said. And she chose to take a natural health path and... During the course of the 10 years, she refused chemotherapy, refused radiotherapy. She thought that would kill her. And then? And then at 4.40 a.m. on the 21st of April, she peacefully passed away. And I think it's that next step, your relationship with death, that ultimate taboo we have in our society. Because we do have a very unhealthy relationship with death, don't we? (laughs) (laughs) Look how hard he's trying. Yeah. Okay, it's what comes next, because we have a complicated relationship with death, but you seem to be not afraid of it at all. See, if it was me doing this interview, I'd be like, audience, hold on to your butts. Listen to this. (laughs) This dude's a sicko. (laughs) In my opinion, I'd say we do, yes. So, I mean, Wendy was not afraid of dying from the start, so as well as getting in the driving seat on her health, she didn't have that fear. She's not a great driver, by the way, for her health. I'd just like to say that. Yeah, we shouldn't have her driving at this point. Right. And neither did I, in fairness. So not having that fear was a real, real asset to the whole journey. Yeah. We kind of came across some information from different sort of spiritual belief systems about what to do at death and and the Buddhists for example believe the spirit might take up to three days to transcend uh, the Steiner community that we spoke to said that the body can sometimes the spirit can sometimes get confused and not know what's going on so that's my spirit by the way they sit with their dead uh, in vigil and um, to reassure the spirit what's going on in familiar surroundings with familiar people get to the part where you uh Right. Mm-hmm. Slept next to your dead wife for six days. So myself and Wendy talked about this openly, and we planned that that's what we do. Well, I mean, there are pra- there are practicalities here. I mean, you had a you had a lovely wicker wicker coffin which you put her in in the bedroom, and then so you could you could be together in the same room. 
She had a lovely wicker coffin. Okay. And uh, that he put her in, and so that she could be with her, with him in the same room after she uh, died. So that's a thing. And this is to help his mourning process. Um, at night time and, uh, and, and people would come and they would, would see her and you say that when your heart truly broke was, where it was the fact that she looked so beautiful and, and it, was, it was your family that, that tended to her body um, because you didn't want that the undertakers to come in and put her in the body bag and take her to the morgue and there's no legal reason to do that, is there? I mean, this guy's bending over backwards. I mean, honestly, it's not legally wrong, right? Only six days, by the way? Six days. And that was because he wanted her out of there before she started to decompose? I think you decompose before six days. Well, you'll hear that. Okay. Not that we're aware of, no. So when she died, most people, I think, they call the, the undertakers. And within a couple of hours, they're dead or taken in a black plastic bag to a refrigerator for a few weeks until the, the, the funeral. We just couldn't bear the idea of that. But myself and our four boys were all very close. Okay, he's got four boys now. Involved in this. I mean, it just sounds like he wanted to run the funeral or like the viewing. Yeah, it was like an open casket, but, but just at the house. For in his family. bedroom. Yeah. And people would visit for about a week. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I have to tell you, I would not do it. This is not for me. I don't have any problem with this guy doing it. It doesn't sound it doesn't sound dangerous or weird or anything like that to so, me. I would say it sounds weird but not dangerous. Yeah, I mean, I, I, in other words, I think it's okay what he did. If it, sort of, if this is what he and his wife talked about and mm-hmm. this gives him and his family comfort, I think I'm fine with this choice. We sort of were saying, how on earth could we be dealing with this if someone had just taken Wendy's body away? Mm. And we, we, we realized that we're being healed and helped so much by her presence still being with us. So it really helped your grief process? It really helped mm. our grief process. Now, in hindsight, don't know how we would have coped if we hadn't, hadn't done it done that it. way. And it seemed so normal for us. It didn't seem weird or unusual. It just seemed totally natural. And what we had was Wendy in the room with us. All right, I hate to argue with you because you're in grief, but what you didn't have was Wendy in the room with you. She was there. She was dead. Her, her body was there. Look, The shell was there. I'm just saying. I'm going to start doing this. Wait, wait. Start. I'm going to start doing this. I'm going to start How many col- <laughs> collecting bodies. Okay. You're opening a mortuary, basically, is I what am. you're saying. I've decided this sounds very chill. Yeah. For those six days, um, a body left uh, without professional help that still behaves itself. That's yeah. how he asks. Uh, very delicately. <laughs> That's how he asks. So does, British. Does she decompose? Does she right. start smelling? He does says behaves yeah. herself. Quite a field trip. To right? Yeah. Poop herself. <laughs> I mean, it, it was, it totally, was in no way. Yeah, an, she an totally behaved moment. herself. She totally behaved herself. That's great news that she behaved after she was dead. Oh, wow. Right? Wow. I Not for hygiene reasons, but for sort of ritual reasons. Yeah. Washed Wendy's body. We then put her in a lovely little cotton dress. I put mean, her, put her in a little lovely cotton dress. Yeah, okay. we're getting there. And then, and then laid her out in her coffin. We put a little bit of lipstick on, a little bit of makeup. Okay, lipstick. Then we went to see Avengers Endgame, <laughs> <laughs> and we came back, and her body was completely gone. I made a decision because we're really in tune with nature and the natural health sort of road that we've been down. And for me, being with the dead body, watching it slightly decay was just part of nature. Mm. Okay, now now it got weird. Right there it got yeah, weird. That, yeah. At that point it got yeah, weird. It, Not yeah. him putting li- lipstick on her? I mean, she wants to look her best. <laughs> I mean, um, yeah, he doesn't want her out getting photos taken of right. her and looking bad, looking yeah. like she's dead. But yeah. once she starts just decomposing... 
It's part of nature. You got to make a call. It's life. Someone's no. got to come pick up Wendy. Well, as you guys know, and I've mentioned this many times, all you have to do is play reggae music, and she'll just wake up and start dancing around. Oh, right. Everyone knows that. Right. From my point of view, if Wendy had started to smell, in fact, even if she'd started to stink, what do you think he's going to say? He's going to say, I'd love the smell of my dead, decomposing wife, Wendy. It- that was in his vows. say she didn't at all. That oh. would have been fine. The smell would have gone from the house, but it would have been nature. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> That's how my wife feels about my farts, so I get it. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> the Kevin and Bean Show on K-Rock. Jensen said in the meeting yesterday... Well, Jensen, why don't you uh, why don't you tell the story? Because I, you, we all agreed with you, and we're I, like, like, what the hell? I can't believe this isn't the only story we're talking about locally. I feel like it's being underserviced. The idea that uh, thirty six horses were found uh, to be now euthanized in two thousand eighteen at the Santa Anita uh, racetrack, on top of the now what twenty six or something like that that have happened twenty five that have happened since December twenty sixth of last year, and, and so in two thousand nineteen, this is a ridiculous amount of dead horses. I do see it mentioned here and not there, but enough. you're right. It's not anywhere locally, near me. To me, it should be the top story locally, and I and I don't understand why it's not. Well, especially since, uh, since so many people have such a soft uh, spot for animals, usually they turn up to protest anything, right? right. Like, why, why aren't there a thousand people out yeah. in front of Santa Anita insisting that they stop running races if this is the case? And all four of us uh, would be very news-heavy locally. We all check out what's going on. Yeah, Obviously, it's part of our job. And uh, I, the, uh, the amount of mystery around this is also concerning. Well, we asked uh, Dave if there's uh, anyone we could speak to on the subject, and he found the perfect guy because he covers, among uh, many other sports-related things, uh, horse racing for the Los Angeles Times. He is a special contributor. His name is John Churwa, and he joins us on the phone right now. Hey, John, how are you? Good morning. We are, as you just heard, just shocked that this is not all anybody is talking about because this, I, I mean, this is a, two deaths in four days right at Santa Anita this week. Yeah, it's and actually, you're sort of on the back end of the story, and, and there has been uh, a fair amount of coverage. I, I think I must have written about 30 stories on it, and it's been on the, the front, front page of the LA Times, I think, at least three or four times. All right, times. we read all those, but we're just saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, but And there were, there were protesters. Things have quieted down. Here's essentially what uh, the, the timeline is. They, they went six weeks with no fatalities, and then they had two in the last, well, two in a four-day span earlier this week. Prior to that, they had had uh, like 20 fatalities in 10 weeks. Oh. And that was all during the, the rainy season. And, uh, you know, they shut down the track for three plus weeks uh, to try to to try to figure it out. So it's kind of bubbling back up right now what? from from where it was earlier. What is happening with all the horses? Why are they dying? Well, you know, this is a this is their, the, you know, the. Big question. Uh, you know, they have a horse population of about uh, 1,800, 2,000. And, um, you know, suddenly they just started breaking down. And it's what we call catastrophic injuries. Catastrophic injuries usually means a, a broken bone, uh, you know, a, a fetlock, something like that. And uh, they all just started to cluster together. And one of the theories, and this is one of those, those you know, it's kind of like um, – when you have those cancer clusters, like nobody can figure out what happens mm-hmm. and it's there for a while and then it goes away. Uh, my theory is, and it's supported by others, is that they had so much rain. We had 20 inches of rain uh, 
during the winter. Mm. And what they do is they, they do a thing that's called sealing the track, which means they, they push it down. They pound it down so it's very hard. And what that does is allows the water to run off the top rather than to seep into the dirt and create mud. And, um, and some speculate that while they were training, all that training was going on on the sealed tracks, that it was possibly because of the hardness, possibly causing some micro fractures that are not always detectable, and in most cases are not detectable. And then a race or two later, you know, the micro fracture becomes a macro fracture and you have a fatality. That's, that's one theory and, and probably the most prevalent theory. There have been, uh, I was surprised, and I don't have it in front of me, John, but I saw an article recently that said that there were many, many, many deaths at many, many, many racetracks around the country every year. There is a certain amount of attrition each year with horses just because you're putting them in a situation where there's a lot of, a lot of uh, damage to their bodies, right? Yeah, that's, that's one of the really tough things about the sport is, is that horses will die. And, you know, the number at Santa Anita right now is 25. They have about five or six more weeks of racing before they shut down for a little while. Can I ask a and question they, right there? Do you mind? Um, why are yeah. they having any more races? Why are any owners feeling put, comfortable putting yeah. their horses out there now? The, um, the, the prevalent thinking is that, uh, you know, the horses like to run the incidents of the, Well, everyone says the only acceptable number is zero. Yeah. Uh, the owners and the trainers uh, feel that the track is safe, that there's nothing unsafe about the track. And I don't think you can get into horse racing unless you can accept the fact that horses are going to die. Uh, and I, I know that, you know, you end up saying things that, that just don't make sense. And, and that's kind of one of those things. But let me pose this question to you. Is it better to have uh, have been born knowing that you admit that you have a slight risk of suffering a catastrophic injury at a very young age, or is it better to have never been born? Now, that's kind of the question that, that, that you have to wrestle with because these horses would not exist if not for thoroughbred racing. They would not be on a farm. But I think that's part, of an, that's part of the issue as well. Like, I, don't, I, don't, I think we did this with circuses over uh, the last 10 years is just said to ourselves, is it worth it to have these animals just so that our kids can throw peanuts at them? Like, I, I think that th that's a larger question. I know you're kind of playing devil's advocate a little bit, but I, I think that we shouldn't be breeding them in that way because we're clearly you know, not to say God is putting his hand on these horses, but we're doing something wrong. Or are well, we? Like, we asked a question earlier, which is, are all of the racetracks basically the same? Or is the sport the bigger issue? Oh, I think, I think, it's, the, I think it's the sport. And, and I do try, uh, you know, my opinion on, on everything, I try to, to cover the sport as agnostically as you can, because otherwise, I, you know, I couldn't do my job. It's like covering any really sensitive yeah. topic. I understand both sides of it. Um, and I think here, uh, you know, we're in, in almost in 2020, 2019, people's sensitivities toward the rights of animals has certainly grown in the last decade to two decades to three decades. Mm -hmm. um, and we're in California, which is as a, a progressive state, uh, you know, we see problems and we try to fix them. Uh, the incidence of deaths, actually, Cal Santa Anita is not the highest in the country. The highest, is, is, as of the last survey, which was last year, 
um, was in Hawthorne, which is near Chicago, and number two was Churchill Downs in Louisville. So they have over, like, how many horses are dying there a year? Um, I don't have, I can, I can give you some. Well, we know it's, but we know it's over 30. It's in, it's going to be in the 40 range, if at least. And this is a, but my question is, is this a new thing? No, Or we're just hearing about it. I don't, I don't. There's just too many dead horses. I mean, he's saying it might not be localized for this racetrack. It sounds like it's the sport sport is real rough. It's, it's the sport, yeah. Um, and to give you a – how they measure it is a little different. Uh, I, they measure it in deaths per start per thousand. And the industry standard is somewhere around 1.8 starts per thousand. Uh, you'll find uh, Hawthorne over two and I, maybe even Churchill Downs over two starts per thousand. And uh, horse racing is actually way safer <laughs> Than it was than it was before for the horses. Mm, the horse seems now. like a tough <laughs> argument to make right now. <laughs> that that uh, that argument sounds put together by glue. Oh, <laughs> too soon. Hey, uh, John, <laughs> I've apologized for this because you obviously are very knowledgeable this topic, and I wish we had more time. But I'm glad we we're able to at least hit some basics. I mean, you've really opened our eyes to a bigger problem than we expected. But before we let you go, John Chur was special contributor to the Los Angeles Times. Would you like to do your Godzilla impression for us? <laughs> <laughs> Can you we know, hear you, I, you doing I, Godzilla? I, I, you know, I saw the last Godzilla movie with Brian Cranston. Right. Yeah, I, didn't yes. I, didn't, I didn't understand the ending. I had to have someone explain the ending to okay, me. Okay, so irrelevant. Uh, irrelevant. We're maybe. looking for an impression. I, I, no, I don't, I, I don't think so. Okay. All right. All right. All right. He did the right thing. Fair enough. Fair That's enough. the right choice. Uh, follow uh, Mr. Churwell on Twitter at his name, J Churwell, and, of course, at LA Times as well. Thanks for coming on, sir. We enjoyed it. You bet. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. The Kevin and Bean Show. The world-famous K-Rock. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? Then you're going to want to tune in to the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Jensen said in the meeting yesterday... Well, Jensen, why don't you uh, why don't you tell the story? Because I, you, we all agreed with you. And we're I, like, like, what the hell? I can't believe this isn't the only story we're talking about locally. I feel like it's being underserviced. The idea that uh, 36 horses were found uh, to be now euthanized in 2018 at the Santa Anita uh, racetrack. On top of the now, what, 26 or something like that that have happened, 25 that have happened since December 26th of last year and so in 2019. This is a ridiculous amount of dead horses. I do see it mentioned here and not there, enough. but you're right, it's not anywhere locally, near it should be, To me, it should be the top story locally and I, and I don't understand why it's not. 
Well, especially since uh, since so many people have such a soft uh, spot for animals, usually they turn up to protest anything, right? Like, why why aren't there a thousand people out yeah. in front of Santa Anita insisting that they stop running races if this is the case? And all four of us uh, would be very news-heavy locally. We all check out what's going on. Yeah, Obviously, it's part of our job. And uh, I, the, uh, the amount of mystery around this is also concerning. Well, we asked uh, Dave if there's uh, anyone we could speak to on the subject, and he found the perfect guy because he covers, among uh, many other sports-related things, uh, horse racing for the Los Angeles Times. He is a special contributor. His name is John Churwa, and he joins us on the phone right now. Hey, John, how are you? Good morning. We are, as you just heard, just shocked that this is not all anybody is talking about because this, I I mean, this is two deaths in four days right at Santa Anita this week. Yeah, it's and actually it's sort of on the back end of the story, and and there has been uh, a fair amount of coverage. I, I think I must have written about thirty stories on it, and it's been on the the front front page of the LA Times. I think at least three or four. All right, times. we read all those, but we're just saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, but and there were there were protesters. Things have quieted down. Here's essentially what uh, the, the timeline is. They they went six weeks with no fatalities, and then they had two in the last. Well, two in a four-day span earlier this week. Prior to that, they had had uh, like 20 fatalities in 10 weeks. Mm-hmm. And that was all during the, the rainy season. And, uh, you know, they shut down the track for three-plus weeks uh, to, try to, to try to figure it out. So it's kind of bubbling back up right now from, from where it was earlier. What is happening with all the horses? Why are they dying? Well, you know, this is a this is their the you know the big question. Uh, you know, they have a horse population of about eighteen hundred, two thousand, and um, you know, suddenly they just started breaking down, and it's what we call catastrophic injuries. Catastrophic injuries usually means a, a broken bone, uh, you know, a, a fetlock, or something like that, and uh, they all just started to cluster together. And one of the theories, and this is one of those, those you know, it's kind of like um, when you have those cancer clusters, like nobody can figure out what happens mm-hmm. and it's there for a while and then it goes away. Uh, my theory is, and it's supported by others, is that they had so much rain. We had 20 inches of rain uh, during the winter. Mm-hmm. And what they do is they, they do a thing that's called sealing the track, which means they, they push it down. They pound it down so it's very hard. And what that does is allows the water to run off the top rather than to seep into the dirt and create mud. And um, and some speculate that while they were training, all that training was going on on the sealed tracks, that it was possibly because of the hardness possibly causing some micro fractures that are not always detectable. And in most cases are not detectable. And then a race or two later, you know, the microfracture becomes a macrofracture and you have a fatality. That's that's one theory and, and probably the most prevalent theory. There have been, uh, I was surprised and I don't have it in front of me, John, but I saw an article recently that said that there were many, many, many deaths at many, many, many racetracks around the country every year. There is a certain amount of attrition each year with horses just because you're putting them in a situation where there's a lot of, a lot of uh, damage to their bodies, right? Yeah, that's that's one of the really tough things about the sport is is that horses will die, 
And, you know, the number at Santa Anita right now is 25. They have about five or six more weeks of racing before they shut down for a little while. Can I ask a and question then, right there? Do you mind? Um, why are yeah. they having any more races? Why are any owners feeling put, comfortable putting yeah. their horses out there now? The, um, the, the prevalent thinking is that, uh, you know, the horses like to run the incidence of the, Well, everyone says the only acceptable number is zero. Yeah. Uh, the owners and the trainers uh, feel that the track is safe, that there's nothing unsafe about the track. And I don't think you can get into horse racing unless you can accept the fact that horses are going to die. Uh, and I, I know that, you know, you end up saying things that, that just don't make sense. And, and that's kind of one of those things. But let me pose this question to you. Is it better to have uh, have been born knowing that you that you have a slight risk of suffering a catastrophic injury at a very young age, or is it better to have never been born? Now, that's kind of the question that, that, that you have to wrestle with because these horses would not exist if not for thoroughbred racing. They would not be on a farm. But I think that's part, of an, that's part of the issue as well. Like, I, don't, I, don't, I think we did this with circuses over uh, the last 10 years, is just said to ourselves, is it worth it to have these animals just so that our kids can throw peanuts at them? Like, I, I think that th that's a larger question. I know you're kind of playing devil's advocate a little bit, but I, I think that we shouldn't be breeding them in that way because we're clearly... You know, not to say God is putting his hand on these horses, but we're doing something wrong. Or are well, we? Like, we asked a question earlier, which is, are all of the racetracks basically the same? Or is the sport the bigger issue? Oh, I think I think it's the, I think it's the sport. And, and I do try, uh, you know, my opinion on, on everything. I try to, to cover the sport as agnostically as you can, because otherwise, I, you know, I couldn't do my job. It's like covering any really sensitive yeah. topic. I understand both sides of it. Um, and I think here, uh, you know, we're in, in almost in 2020, 2019, people's sensitivities toward the rights of animals has certainly grown in the last decade to two decades to three decades. Mm -hmm. um, and we're in California, which is as a, a progressive state, uh, you know, we see problems and we try to fix them. Uh, the incidence of deaths, actually, Cal Santa Anita is not the highest in the country. The highest is, is, as of the last survey, which was last year, um, was in Hawthorne, which is near Chicago. And number two was Churchill Downs in Louisville. So and they have over, the like, how many horses are dying there a year? Um I don't have. I can. I can give you some. Well, we know it's. Some, we, but we know it's over thirty. It's in. The, it's going to be in the forty range, if at least. And this is a. But my question is: Is this a new thing? No, or he's we're just no. hearing about it. I don't. I don't. There's just too many dead horses. I mean, it, uh, he's saying it might not be localized for this ra racetrack. It sounds like it's the sport. It's sport wise, is real rough. It's it's the sport. Yeah. Um. And to give you a. How they measure it is a little different. Uh, I, they measure it in deaths per start per thousand. And the industry standard is somewhere around 1.8 starts per thousand. Uh, you'll find uh, Hawthorne over two and I, maybe even Churchill Downs over two starts per thousand. And uh, horse racing is actually way safer <laughs> 
than it was than it was before for the horses. Mm. Well, the horse seems like a tough <laughs> argument to make right now. <laughs> that that uh, that argument sounds put together by glue. <laughs> oh, <laughs> too soon. Hey, uh, John, <laughs> I apologize for this because you obviously are very knowledgeable this topic, and I wish we had more time. But I'm glad we we're able to at least hit some basics. I mean, you've really opened our eyes to a bigger problem than we expected. But before we let you go, John Chur was special contributor to the Los Angeles Times. Would you like to do your Godzilla impression for us? <laughs> Can you we know, hear you, I, you I, doing Godzilla? I, I, you know, I saw the last Godzilla movie with Brian Cranston. Right. Yeah, I, didn't yes. I, didn't, I didn't understand the ending. I had to have someone explain the ending to okay, me. Okay, irrelevant. So I mean, irrelevant. We're maybe. looking for an impression. <laughs> I no, I don't. I I don't think so. All right, okay. all right. He all did right. the right thing. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair That's enough. the right choice. Uh, follow uh, Mr. Churwell on Twitter at his name J Churwell, and of course at LA Times as well. Thanks for coming on, sir. We enjoyed it. You bet. Take care. Bye bye. Thank you. The Kevin and Bean Show, world famous K Rock. And may it passes for the K Rock advanced screening of Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Can't wait, you guys. Millie Bobby Brown is starring in this movie. All right. From Stranger Things, mm-hmm. right? I, I mean, yeah. I, we think we spend so much time thinking about the monsters that we forget that we have an actual real life fun actress in the film as well. It's going to be the K Rock <laughs> screening May twenty eighth, which is next Tuesday at the ArcLight Hollywood. Dave, again, our baseline. Let's hear your Godzilla impression. <laughs> All right. Sounds like we're I don't still how, in the horses. I don't know how it gets any better than on. that. Let's uh, <laughs> let's uh, go to the phones uh, with our new game we call Godzilla or Notzilla. Godzilla or Notzilla? Can you sound like Godzilla? Godzilla or Notzilla? Dave, show them how it's done. I think that was a Notzilla. Godzilla or Notzilla? Let me give it one shot. Wow, I'm pretty good. Omar's was wow, way that better. Was really good. <laughs> way better. Really awesome. Not even close. All right, we've got uh, five pairs of tickets for this, so it's almost impossible to not win a pair, but we'll just take them in order and start with Rick on line one. He's in Garden oh, Grove. He's her, He's our first guy. He's younger than I expected him to be. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Rick. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, we want to hear your Godzilla impression, please. Okay, here he goes. All right. <clears throat> This is going to be fun. <laughs> I, I say, look, if Dave is the baseline, Rick mm-hmm. is better than yeah. Dave. No way. Uh, no way. Yeah. He didn't even get the high pitch. He's better. He didn't even get the high pitch. Godzilla or Nazilla. Rick, congratulations. Enjoy the movie Tuesday night. Take that little kid with you there, too. Who's up next, Kevin? Art in Ontario. Good morning. <laughs> I mean, All right, we art. win. We weren't asking for an alley impression, but uh, that was nice. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, let's hear your Gojira. All right, Gojira. I'm doing Godzilla. Right, right. Same right. thing. The Gojira is the Japanese oh. name. For oh, that's, no, right. that's uh, right. Okay. Okay. Good try. Here I go. <laughs> that was more chewy. I thought, <laughs> and they're all a little chewy. It was. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Can I hear it again? Started out strong. That sounds yeah, like that's a little, strong. It's that's a little Scooby Doo as well. That, to me, it's that, that, I'm not going to vote for Art because I think he's doing Tim Allen at the end of Home Improvement. It does sound like oh. it a little bit. Yeah. You want me to do Tim Allen? I could do that. Yeah, let's, yeah, let's hear your yeah, Tim, Tim Allen. Allen. <laughs> <Go ahead>. uh, 
All right, Art's back in. He's back in Art's for me. Back Wait, in. so we're giving yeah. him tickets yeah. because yeah. he did a Tim Allen? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Godzilla or Nazilla. All right. Now I know the difference. <laughs> he's, a, he's a man of a thousand voices. He really, right? We need to get Art in studio. That All was right. amazing. Let's go, to, let's go to Matt in Commerce. Good morning, Matt. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good, thank well, you. I think you can tell we're taking this very seriously. Uh, let's hear your Godzilla oh, awesome. impression. <laughs> All right, this is for uh, my eight-year-old Joseph. Here we go. Reggie? Hey, Bobcat Goldthwait. Good morning. <laughs> it's hard for me to not vote for a guy who's doing it for his eight-year-old. I agree. I say no. Oh, I say, I say yes. yes. Yeah, I say yes. Say yes. Oh, yeah. Godzilla or Nazilla. Mine is so much better than Matt's. Uh, I wouldn't say that Stop with it. that much confidence. You don't win either. Uh, let's go to Austin and Northridge. Good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. How are you doing? We are doing well. Thank you. Austin, I think you can tell it's a very difficult assignment today. We're looking for your Godzilla impression to win tickets for Godzilla King of the Monsters Tuesday at the Arclight. What do you got for us? All right, you ready? Here we go. Yes. Is that a cat in heat? <laughs> mm. I, this is the first time I can clearly say honestly, no. I, honestly, no. <laughs> what, what were you doing instead of Godzilla? What was your impression there? That was exactly Godzilla, brother. Look it up, brother. <laughs> look it up. Look, it, look it, up. it up, brother. I now respect it. You know what? You look it up right now because I'm hanging up. Okay. Oh, oh, oh God. God. That guy found a way to lose a game we're wow. kidding about. Let's go to, room. Let's go to Todd in Corona. That was Corona. Hulk Hogan, by the way. <laughs> Hi, Todd. Hey, how's it going? Okay, here we go. All right. This is from the black and white Godzillas. Okay. Oh, good, okay. Good morning, Marge Simpson. <laughs> I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Godzilla or Godzilla. I'll be honest. Mine is way better than Shut the, up, Dave. All right. right. Congratulations, Todd. All right. We got time for one more. Uh, let's see. Let's go to Londa. Londra in San Fernando. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. All right. Godzilla okay. impression. Are you ready? Oh, is this, is this going to be a lady Godzilla? <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> All right, okay, I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. Hello, my wife. I'm sorry. Like, maybe try that again. Just one more try. Okay. Uh, good. Listen, one more try. I like when she runs out of breath at the end. <laughs> Just one more. One Just more time. One more. <laughs> I think progressively she got better. I'm on the fence. Every single one. Just I... one more. One more. Okay. Okay. Really? Yeah. Yeah. One more. We need to know. We need to know. Yeah. See? Oh, there we go. I mean, she's getting better. Let's do one more. Just one more. Come okay. on, to be she's sure. She's like, no, 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 you're almost there, yeah. I swear. Just We're get it, you're, get it You're deeper. so close to the tickets. One more. Deeper, like from the gut, start there and then go up. <laughs> no. <laughs> mm. uh, I say no. I mean, oh, I say no. Come on. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> one more. But again, we need one more. To, yeah, because okay. the last one was a failure. Okay. She you're ran right. out of breath. So one more. <laughs> I hey love guys, so they're much. getting progressively worse, guys. I, I love Landra. I uh, I haven't been listening. I just stepped in. Are we talking uh, to Landra? Can yeah, you hear her impression, please? Yeah, <laughs> I'd like to hear her impression. Okay, yeah, if you don't mind. I didn't know you weren't there. Okay, he just here to make a decision. Mm -hmm. I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> I love her so much. You're the Landra, best. have fun at Godzilla King of the Monsters <laughs> on Tuesday Yay. night. More tickets tomorrow. <laughs> this has been Godzilla or Notzilla.
Godzilla or Nazilla. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. Usually, Allie does what's happening at this time every hour to bring us news of celebrities in the news, but I understand she's the celebrity in the news oh, this time around. Yeah. Well, yesterday at about this time, we were talking about uh, disgusting things that your partner does, mm-hmm. and it came up that some people like to take photos mm-hmm. of their poop. Oh, dear God. Mm-hmm. Not again with <laughs> and this. Then, and then text, Not again with this. And then text them to people. Listen, I I called you all out because you're liars for saying you've never done it. I've never done it. And let's not act like this is something I'm doing all willy-nilly. It has to be art, first of all, (laughs) when I do it. But it was mostly... Calling you all out for oh, I see being lying, right. lying because we're lying liars, liars who lie. Right. Well, yeah. I will tell okay. you that not only did we find out that Dave does it, that Beer Mug does it, we heard from tons of yeah. listeners who mm-hmm. do it who have group texts with mm-hmm. friends and with coworkers where they where they they basically bragging poop about text. the bowel movement. Group poop text. Yes. Yeah. So we have a little song. I like pics of you poop. Come on and send them my way. Show me that you love me. Like pics of your poo, yeah. It doesn't matter, short, long, or lumpy. I like pics of your. I like building mountains and taking pics of poo, 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 poo. Just send them my way. I'll take them all day. Smell it. I love poo. Allie at Carol Q. <laughs> and giving out your email. Um, yeah, again. You want them in an email, right? That's what you said. Not just random pictures. It has to be. It has to be artwork. Art. It okay. has to be, whoa, look at that curve. Or, oh my God, this is long as a baby arm. You know, it's not just poo. Okay. That sounds unnecessary. So if it's exceptional, you'd like to see it? No. No. That's what that song is. I have to have like. a uh, I mean, relationship with someone in order email. to really okay. um, enjoy that art. <laughs> All right, Allie is here. What's happening? You guys, a recent New York Times bestselling biography of Tiger Woods is being turned into a scripted miniseries. This move comes just after Woods won his fifth Masters Championship last month. And, of course, he's widely considered one of the greatest career comebacks in sports history. Um, The man's book titled Tiger Woods opens with the 2009 car accident on the day after Thanksgiving that, you know, precipitated his whole infidelity scandal. Mm -hmm. So I figure if you pick it up from there, Mm -hmm. I'm watching that miniseries. Yeah, that's what I want to see. I want to watch the heck out of that. Yeah, page six just came out with a bunch of new facts about it, too, that I didn't know. So I'm sure it's coming out with the script, too. Yeah. All right. Is that where we got the clip of his mom saying, what happened? (laughs) Was that it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I don't know. I think so. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. (laughs) Mm, I don't love it, you guys. <laughs> um, so Game of Thrones, a lot of people were saying, oh, I'm going to cancel my HBO subscription. And you're like, no, you're probably not. <laughs> um, but what about those people that have the uh, HBO Go subscription? Those people are called churn in the industry. This is when a user bails on a service due to either price hikes or the end of a global smash hit. Like you just got it to watch that one Just show that. type of thing. Now that it's gone, you don't want to pay anymore. Exactly. And since streaming service um, subscriptions don't come with all the long-term contracts or additional fees for leaving or joining like cable, there's a unique challenge for them to retain those uh, users. Market research says the average subscription among leading streaming players lasts about 31 months. 
which was increased recently, but that pales in comparison to the time periods people obviously have traditional cable contracts. Those could be years. But HBO Now users were twice as likely as those from any other top-tier streaming service to nix that subscription when a series ends. Interesting. So... I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Absolutely. You're going to see a whole lot of churn in yeah. uh, November when Disney comes out and people have to decide between Disney or Netflix. They're right. going to lose a ton of Netflix subscribers. Is. Yeah. 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 There is one more Game of Thrones thing, which is the behind the scenes documentary that mm-hmm. looks great. That's on. Is that this in, Sunday? Yes. In okay. its time slot at 6 p.m. or 9 p.m. All right. So, you guys, two of Hollywood's biggest movie stars were over the moon to be working with the late Luke Perry. Those two, Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt, they were raving about the actor in an interview with Esquire. Leonardo said, um, seeing him walk onto the set of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and he said he had a butterfly moment of like, oh my God, that's Luke Perry over there, (laughs) which is awesome to hear. I just loved it. Um, here's the here's the confusing thing to me. Brad Pitt agreed, saying, that's effing Luke Perry. We were like kids in the candy shop because I remember going to the studios and Beverly Hills 90210 was going on, and he was that icon of coolness for us as teenagers. Brad, you are 55. <laughs> You're definitely not. You are not a teenager. You were 27 <laughs> years old when the first episode aired. I just did the math, and I used a calculator, by the way. Yeah, I subtracted your date of birth, mm-hmm. 1963, mm-hmm. from from 1990, okay. the first episode. You were 27, You're Brad so old Pitt. that Allie was able to do math. Thank you. That's, that's how, how rough it was. Uh, yeah. Calculator. Uh, yeah. But math. Where are you? He was that icon of coolness for us as teenagers. You were almost 30, dude. Yeah. Maybe what he felt like this? a teenager. What's this about? I don't know. I don't know. That is that. Do you guys find that as weird as I did? If I yes. had to guess, I would say somebody asked them and you... You don't want to be mean to anybody, and by right. all accounts, he was the nicest guy in the world. So they were just pouring it on because they were asked. I would. Well, guess. I think that the I think that the praise was right. Oh, we're, we're, talking, we're talking about the age. No, no, I yeah. agree. Yeah. You think he? I think he was just flowing with it. You he think? was just freestyling yeah. out. Yeah, and maybe he just feels like a young soul. <laughs> That's possible. <laughs> Another lying liar who lies. <laughs> but I, I will guarantee Brad Pitt takes pics of poop. I don't think so. No? I'm sorry. Okay. I right. think it's less popular. We just we all work with degenerates. I mean, mm-hmm. that's I correct. I think out in regular world, people don't take pics of their poo. We heard from thousands yesterday. Did we hear from thousands? Thousands. She's still bad at math. Again, math not my strong suit. <laughs> hey, some birthdays for you guys: Morrissey, Maggie, Cute, Jennifer Goodwin, Naomi Campbell, and Daniel Bryan. And that's what's happening. Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. K-R-O-Q. Uh, we're going to get into uh, things your dog ate in a moment. But first, I understand we have a late-breaking uh, Afro call from Harold Dean, Jensen's mom. Yeah, she's still watching The Bachelor, uh, The Bachelorette. We, we have her giving a report. I, I She called me yesterday and just said, I don't know how long I can do it. And that's oh. all I know. So that's I have not listened to it. Hi, guys. It's Harold Dean, Jensen's mom. Well, I'm giving you probably the last update I'll ever give on The Bachelorette. I'd just like to say this is her second one. (laughs) And in the first one, she slut-shamed her. I believe I'm totally done with this show. Uh, It used to be fun. It was like a, you know, a car wreck. You hated to look at it, but you watched it anyway. But I'm I'm totally done. First of all, she stood in front of the guys before the rose ceremony, started crying, outrageously crying, saying she was overwhelmed and scared. 
she's just very dramatic, immature, and and I don't want to slut shame her, but <laughs> it's very apparent <laughs> that she's a definite a definite tease. She's on stage constantly. She eggs on the guys for attention and obviously wants to uh, get compliments from there. Touches every guy on the arm or the leg. Mm-hmm. But one particular thing happened that is unbelievable. She was over in a little nook at the mansion, and she was kissing on this guy, and then she asked him to take off his shirt, and he was one of the hot guys. So he takes off his shirt, and she starts kissing him. Another guy walks in, and she drops the F-bomb six times. But anyway, she told the other guy that walked in on him, just give me a minute, please. So he walks out, and she's talking to this guy, saying, oh, my God, I don't know what I'm going to do. Make a long story short, she walks out, tells the guy she's sorry, and then she starts kissing him. <sighs> so, I mean, I I hate to say this, but it it really is uh, an embarrassment to all women. <laughs> I, I really think that they picked the wrong, wrong person to uh, to be the bachelorette. Uh, she's she's just mm. I think mm. she's unstable to tell you the truth. <laughs> she's oh, no. wow. being slutty. She's unstable, and it's not. <laughs> It's not good to watch a woman like this. It really isn't. Okay. okay. So that's really my update, mm-hmm. and I'm done with it. Oh. I finished. Oh. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, um, I will be happy to never see this show again. Wow. So anyway, that's it. Have a great morning, and uh, talk to you later. Yep. Bye. Listen, that was a short-lived feature. It was. I mean, listen, you just wow. got to organically go with them, you know? Yeah. Some, some work out and some don't. Um, is your mom one of those people who tunes into The Bachelor, which is about a woman picking from 25 potential suitors, and then is mad that she's dating too many men? Because that's what it sounds like. I do think that she she's old-fashioned in that way, but yet loves the show. But she liked the Cinderella aspect of it. And I think that it sounds like they're sort of peeling Does she that away. Get as angry when the dudes are smooching yes. the ladies. Yeah, yeah. Here's yeah. my thing. She um, is. She doesn't believe in any of that. Has stuff she way. watched any of the other seasons? I think because she's seen, to me, that's every Bachelor. I think she has seen every episode. Okay, but she will tell you it's different this year. I'm sure. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Huh. She's gone. Goodbye, mom. Well, I hate to see that go. Yeah, I hate to see that mm, feature. She's not going to be able to resist ABC next Monday. Well, that we'll find watching. out. We'll know by call if she doesn't. That's yeah. true. I had a uh, dinner on Sunday night at a friend's house, and you know I hated that, but I got dragged along by the wife. And uh, one of the conversations that came up at dinner time was very interesting to me, though, because they have a, a blind dog. The people whose house I went to has a blind dog, mm-hmm. but he is a moocher, man. He can find, he still, his nose still works, and man, can he find food anywhere. And they revealed to me some of the things that he has eaten by getting into the kitchen and just basically running his big old nose and mouth up against the uh, up against the counter in their kitchen, including two different times he ate entire sticks of butter. <gasps> oh gosh. Two different times he ate entire sticks of butter. I'm jealous. That sounds gross. It, no, it, I'm jealous. It does sound gross. And then we started talking about things that your dog eats. And this is what we want to talk about because I don't think we've ever done this topic before. But dogs, man, they are not discerning. I will tell you that they will eat almost anything that is available to them. And we're going to take your calls at 1-800-520-1067. My dog, Santa's little helper back in the day, one time got into a 12-pack of banana nut muffins from Costco. And ate them all. Wow. Including the paper that <gasps> wrapped the muffins. Ooh. No. Twelve of them. I was with you right till the paper. <laughs> Who could eat twelve muffins? Somebody How big was your dog? 
How many pounds would you guess? Um, she was about 70 pounds, I would imagine. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, somebody else at the dinner party revealed that his dog had one time gotten into and eaten and swallowed 80 ibuprofen. Oh, no. <laughs> That's, that sounds like death to me. That's a yes. dog that just wanted to get out. They uh, <laughs> never had another uh, muscle pain, though, I'll tell you that. <laughs> they, uh, they took her immediately to the vet, and they pumped her stomach, and she ended up being fine. Oh, oh my thank gosh. God. Wow. Totally but, I mean, getting into medicine, I would imagine, would be one of the most dangerous things they could yeah, do. I and also, so. also getting into, I mean... Look, if you re- if you Google things your dog ate, you will see so many stories about dogs eating needles, eating shish kebab skewers. Um, here's a uh, here's a story about a, a woman who had a dog named Woof, who called the vet saying that she noticed that her three year old son's rubber ducks kept going missing, and she saw Woof eat one, so she took him into the vet. They did an X ray and found out that he he had eaten five rubber duckies, oh. he had five rubber duckies in his stomach. Uh, here's it seems a, like a lot. It seems like a lot. Here's a three-year-old Great Dane taken to the vet after he started vomiting. X-rays showed a large amount of foreign material in the pup's stomach. After exploratory surgery, the family was shocked to find out that their dog had eaten. How many socks do you reckon? How many socks, socks. have this Great Dane eaten? Uh, pairs or singles? Good question. Good question. Singles. 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 Eighteen. Eighteen socks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, that's high. I would yeah. say twelve. Twelve. I'm going to say one. One dollar. 43 and a half. Whoa. No, and a half. <laughs> couldn't get through that last one. 43. I have stuffed. <laughs> 43 and a half socks. There's a picture in this article that I'm looking at of all of those socks just laid out at the vet's wow. office. Isn't that unbelievable? Yeah. Here's a 10-year-old golden, re- a 10-month-old, excuse me, golden retriever. Started vomiting. Kept throwing up. The owners took him to his vet. That's when they discovered their pup had eaten. A light bulb. Ooh. Oh, I, I mean, wow. is, there, is there nothing that a dog won't eat? One more, then we'll go to your calls. A 12-year-old Welsh corgi ate nearly two cups of gravel from a turtle tank. Two cups of gravel. Gravel just rocks. A, yes, just rocks. That's exactly. what yeah. you do with grape nuts every day. The owners had cleaned out the tank and dumped the, uh, dumped the gravel in their flower bed. The temptation was too much for the corgi who devoured all of it. Mm. Gravel from a turtle tank. When I was a uh, kid, we used to have a, a dog named Boots because mm-hmm. it was a uh, black dog with white paws. Mm-hmm. And uh, we didn't take care of that dog at all as kids. And my dad had to take care of it and was upset. Like it would run into the apartment complex across the street and he would have to go chase it because we were someplace else not mm-hmm. paying any attention. And he got so mad at us. He's like, look, it, it would eat shoes. It would eat shirts. It just would eat anything it came across. He said, if something else happens, we're going to get rid of the dog because you guys aren't paying attention. And you're not helping. And then it ate his wedding ring. Oh. <laughs> and I don't think he found it funny when I said, just wait it out. Yeah, it's coming out. <laughs> yeah. It's going to no. reappear. Got rid uh-huh. of the dog. Oh, because, boots. because none of us were helping at all. Right. Like, 100% the right decision, but... So he gets rid of Boots and Boots still has the ring in his stomach? I believe so, yeah. Ooh, good find at the right? pound. Woo-hoo. Yeah. <laughs> um, did you find a new family for it, or did you quote-unquote send it to a nice farm upstate? Honestly, I don't know. I assume he found a good place for it. I, well, heaven. I assume. He found heaven. I don't think so. <laughs> All right, let's take uh, Jose before the break. He's in Whittier. He's on line six, joining us on the Kevin Bean Show. What did your dog eat? Jose, welcome to the show. What's going on? Uh, yeah, I have a little chihuahua, and every time I'm in the garage and it's like I'm working on something, it'll eat nuts, bolts, uh, screws. 
and metal shavings, and I'll be oh. working on my car. I'll stop making transmission fluid. Oh, my God. Oh, holy crap. Jose, you got to feed your dog. Right? Yeah. Or keep him out of the garage. I mean, have you ever had to take him to the vet to get any of this stuff removed? No, but I, I take it at the once for precaution, and the vet says it's says the dog's fine, but just keep an eye out on her. But I don't know. She has, like, a metal stomach or something. She's going to have a hell of a time going through a metal detector in an airport. I'll yeah, right? Like they do. Like they do. All right, Jose, thank you for listening. Thank you for calling. 1-800-520-1067. What did your dog eat? We'll talk to you next on K-Rock. This is the Kevin and Bean Show, the world-famous K-Rock. Let's take one phone call. Let's make it Grace in Alhambra. Good morning, Grace. Hi, good morning. We have uh, learned that dogs eat everything. What did yours eat? She ate everything in the trash can on Saturday. Um, paper towels, jello shots. Who's throwing away jello shots? <laughs> <laughs> they were old. They were from the night before, so we threw them out, and they were like in little paper cups, like huh? little mini paper cups. Sure. So she ate she ate through those. She eats the other dog's poop. Okay. Oh, sure. Right. Okay. Yes. Real Send Dali a picture. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the call. We appreciate it. Dear Kevin and Bean, my small dog was a year old at the time. She ate a grasshopper while out on her walk and popped it out the next day intact. That's so a, a happy ending. That's a magician. But quite a ride for the grasshopper, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, Stacy writes in, my dog ate something on a walk, didn't know what it was, but a couple of hours later, we thought he had a stroke. It turns out he ate pot that was on the street. He was high as a kite. Uh, Ashley, when I was a kid, my golden retriever puppy ate cow manure, a box of chocolate, and a hair scrunchie. She survived all of that, but it made for very expensive vet bills for my parents. Uh, we're taking your calls at 1-800-520-1067. What did your dog eat? Uh, Nick, L.A., up next on the Kevin Bean Show. Hey, Nick. Morning, Thin Mints. How are you guys? <laughs> no, no, this is not going to pick up. Well played. I love you, Nick. Well I played. love you. What's your doggy? Um, I have an almost two-year-old German Shepherd, and since he was a puppy, he loves eating socks. And the only reason I find out is when I pick up the dog poop, there are pairs of socks throughout the yard. Oh, no like, way. Like, uh, like pieces of the socks or like a full? like no, a full. like they're coming out whole. They come out as, oh, oh, as a pair too, right? <laughs> yes. Yes, okay. <laughs> They're matched so together. You're right. Yeah, you just throw them in the wash and you're ready to go. <laughs> Did you think that the washing machine was like eating the socks? Like, you know how we always think we lost them in the wash? Like, what, how, like, did you notice you were missing that many? So, for some reason, it's only my wife's socks. I don't know if she, like, her stinky feet marinates the socks differently than mm, mine. That's oh. a Yeah, it's only her socks. Wow. And he, I, I'm assuming she notices they're missing because for a while she didn't have any. <laughs> you can't get new socks. I, we all know that. No, no, no. You gotta, you gotta go out and get out. No, no, no. Yeah, you are living the dream life with this stinky wife and this dog that eats everything. No socks. I'm jealous, Nick. All right, thank you for the call. We appreciate it, sir. Let's go to Ella. She's in Glendale, line four, up next. I just don't even see how a dog could eat this, but let's let Ella tell the story. Hey, Ella. Hi, my grandpa was Bumbo the Clown, and my dog ate a belt. Wait, Whoa, Barry in the lead. <laughs> Barry in the lead. Wow. You, I mean, you were raised by clowns and your dog eats a leather belt. You're made for our show. Yes, exactly. How um, does a dog so eat a my belt? Dog, my dog, Milo, a Labradoodle, wasn't feeling too well, just acting really strange. And so we took him to the vet and they took an x-ray and they found a belt 
in his system like a full belt, not even broken up, like the full thing. How would he do that? I don't know. Do they have a giant belt buckle dog. too, like a cowboy. Yeah, what about the buckle? Yeah, like the the belt, the buckle too. Oh Ooh. my gosh! Did they have to operate to remove it? Uh, yeah, they did have to operate. It cost us about like five thousand dollars for like <sighs> meds and just trying to get him back to the way he used to be. But they did have to remove it. It was bad. Ella, have we talked to your dad? Yes, you have. I thought so. All right. I Bye. love that we know all of Bumbo the Clown's family. <laughs> wait, Hello. wait, Dad's oh, on the phone is. too. <laughs> What's happening? Hey, this is Ella's spot. This is Ella's time, dude. <laughs> All this right. is my favorite family. You guys are awesome. Thank you, Ellie. We appreciate you listening. Thank you for the call. Let's go down one to line five. Susan, Los Angeles. Oh, this, this is, is a travesty. This is a, is a, is a crime <laughs> against nature. Hey, Susan. Hi there. Um, okay, so my aunt's dog ate a two-inch needle, and right before surgery, he pooped it out. Um, but my dog ate most of my vibrator and left the remaining bits in the living room for my parents to find. Oh, <laughs> very nice. Your dog is a snitch, Very too. nice. Insult to injury. I know. I know. I guess she really likes me. <laughs> hmm. uh, that's awesome. Thank you for the call. We appreciate it. Uh, by the way, uh, morning, y'all, from the 626. My husband's puppy ate a bottle of Gorilla Glue. Oh, and no. his stomach started expanding. Thank God we got him to the vet just in time, so he was fine. That's mm. good news. I'm glad that all of these stories so far have had pretty happy endings. You know what I mean? Sure. Uh, all right, let's go to Greg, Huntington Beach, up next, line eight. At least this one is food. This is the first one in a while that's actually been food. Hey, Greg. How we doing? Good, thank you. Yeah, so my dog, so we had uh, hot wings one night, and uh, then my dog got into the trash and uh, ate about at least 20 hot wings. And uh, what I used to do is I used to have a metal pooper scooper that i pick up his poop, and so I'd kind of stick it underneath him right when he would start pooping, so I'd just make it real easy, you know, and convenient. This is a, this is a beautiful story. Well, that, yeah, well, the next day when I went to do that with him and his poop started hitting the thing, it sounded like rocks coming out of his butt. <laughs> just ping it. Sorry, sorry I didn't take a picture of it, Allie, and send it to you. Me sorry. too, yeah. Greg. No one's too sorry early, than me. It's too early for her to get turned on anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Greg. Appreciate that. You guys want a drunk dog? We've yes. got Michael Aww. on line two. He's in Whittier up next. Hey, Michael. Hey, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, so we were going to have a we were going to have a party on the Saturday, and Friday night we got everything all ready, and we put a bunch of the supplies on the back patio. And I have a big Labrador, or I had a big Labrador at the time, and uh, so I went to I went to go to work the next morning. And it was still dark outside. And when I walked out, my dog didn't come to me, which usually he would. And I thought, whatever, I just was going to get in my car and leave. But I saw stuff glistening in the yard. And it turned out it was, I go over there, it's empty empty wine cooler bottles. And we had- You guys set, had wine coolers at a party? Well, among other things, many okay. other things. But yes, include that. So okay. This wow, was very a judgy, time. Kevin. I'm just saying. And wine coolers. Spoken like a true alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so anyways, uh, I'm thinking, what 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 is this? Where are these from? And I put it together. I'm thinking, where's my dog? And and I'm putting it together. Sixteen, fifteen out of the sixteen were emptied in the yard, and oh. my dog was nowhere to be found. And I heard a shuffle in the bushes, and I walk over there, and there's the dog laying in a planter, completely wasted. He had never slept in a planter in his life, and he couldn't even get up to walk to to walk with me, which normally he would have. 
Oh. He drank 15 wine coolers. Please he tell us he was okay. He was all right, though. He was all right, he was though. perfectly fine. He slept it off, but now I have to lock up the liquor cabinet. Do yeah. you still drink wine coolers? <laughs> no, no more wine coolers. <laughs> yeah, just checking. <laughs> it's Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. 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 106.7 K-Rock is K-Rock. It's the Kevin and Bean Show at 908. That was not a very professional way to get into the segment, I, Kevin. David Tennant was looking in the other room and just waving to people. <laughs> like the nicest person ever. <laughs> so that distracted you. Yes. You saw something shiny. <laughs> like, what's happening? <laughs> Sorry. I, uh, I only know him as a podcaster, but apparently he does some acting on the side. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> from the upcoming Amazon series, Good Omens, David Tennant oh, is in studio here. Good morning. Kevin Abinco. How are you, Mr. Tennant? I'm very, very honored to be here. Well, we're uh, as pleased as uh, as you are. We uh, we've uh, been probably lucky to, more. Yeah, we've I been lucky say. enough to talk to you on the phone a couple times yeah. before. But this is your first time in the studio, know, so it's, it's very. Great this is to have this you. is hallowed ground. When I first came to LA, twenty two years ago, which is impossible because I'm still only thirty years old. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very sort of nervous and didn't really know. And I found this station. I found this breakfast show, and suddenly the world was fine. What? Oh, wow. Suddenly David I thought Tennant. this is. I know you played. Said no one ever. You make bad choices. <laughs> you, you, you played. You played Bittersweet Symphony by the Fair. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. Every seven minutes. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. That's about right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Still yeah. Still. Sounds right. And yeah. I thought I, this is. I can stay here. This is good. <laughs> well, that's so you're my happy place whenever I come to LA. This. Oh, wow. Oh, that's that is Lovely. very sweet of you to say, and I and I do know from uh, you know following your career, and we have mutual friends in the business that you've been a radio geek for a long, I long love time. A bit of radio, yeah. And, is, and uh, you've done some work for the BBC as well, right? Uh, well, I've done quite a lot because we have Radio Four back there, which is mm-hmm. sort of like NPR kind of mm-hmm. thing. But we do like I do a lot of radio plays, a lot of audio drama. I love all that, yeah. Right, and and that, is that partly why you decided to finally do your own podcast? Is because you like the 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 experience of interviews so much? I think I like I like the audio medium. You know, I think I find it there's something. There's something about it that that is it's unlike anything else. It just gets inside your head, doesn't it? And uh, I, yeah, the podcast thing was a bit weird. It sort of happened a little bit by accident. I was listening to podcasts, <laughs> yeah, and I was listening. There was to, a microphone there, and I just yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't realize they were the recording. Was Pressed, play, and record, and there we were. Um, uh, I, you know, I was listening to a lot of podcasts, and I and I had a conversation with my agent about podcasts, and she's a big podcast fan, and we got very excited about it. And then suddenly she set up a meeting. I was literally going, going well, "I'm do- I'm doing what?" And, and this this person's going, "Who could you get on your show?" And I'm like, "I, I, I don't know. Don't I, have a show yet. I don't have a show. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll call up a couple of mates, uh, and then it just sort of it kind of happened to me." Um, and it's well, you know, it's not my skill set. I'm not a journalist. I don't know. I don't know. But you no are. Luck. You are, come but on. What I, it's what I, it is yeah, what you're. Come on. Uh, but difficult. what you're good at, though, is letting your guests talk. You talk very little on your podcast. Well, they're much more interesting than me, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> you know? is, is it a weird dynamic? And I know we have so much ground to cover while you're here, but I, I'm just so fascinated with this. Is it a weird dynamic because almost everyone you've had on the show, almost everyone, has been an actual friend? People like Olivia Coleman and uh-huh. people, people like Jody Whitaker, people you know, John. Yeah. Him. Is it weird then to kind of start interviewing them rather than just having a conversation? I mean, do you do you probe more than you would if you were just at lunch? Um, he probes at lunch like a crazy uh, yeah. man. <laughs> oh, my lunchtime probing is famous, legendary, famous in showbiz. Can't even enjoy the food. <laughs> <laughs> you probe in a slightly different direction. Ah. You probe in a different hole. Can I say I, that? I, I, I mean, can, but I Why wish not? you wouldn't. <laughs> It's a proof. <laughs> it's a, yeah, so uh, it's a different sort of a thing. And some people, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I'd say about two-thirds of the people were friends before. 
mm-hmm. and they they react in very different ways. Mm-hmm. Like Jennifer Garner found it hilarious that I was interviewing her, so she would be she would slip into interview mode and be terribly serious and terribly uh, erudite, and then then burst out laughing because I was like, asking her questions. What is happening? Questions. Here? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> What's going this on right now? Um, so, but I, I suppose you are interviewing people who are used to being interviewed, so they mm-hmm. kind of know what the form is. Yeah. But then, hopefully, because you know them, you you have a slightly different sort of conversation than they might have. You've had to add people sure. because we do interviews a lot. You've had to add people that just don't talk, yeah. and it's frustrating. I don't think you, that's been the case on David's podcast so far. Ever. No, I did. I haven't. No, but then again, wow. I, I'm choosing people that I know are going to be okay, and that. And that if I if if I ask someone to do it and there's any resistance at all, I just go fine, fine, fine. Leave it. Leave it. Leave it. <laughs> I don't want you. I can't bear the shame. Um, so so I, I think anyone who turns up kind of knows what the deal is and is willing to do. Tina uh, Fey. I know. I Come on. That. I know. How did what? Well, I didn't really know Tina very yeah, well, but we've that met. Yeah, how did that come about? Uh, we share a publicist. Okay. There you go. If I may say, so uh, who's just a, That's who I was waving through through the through the. Uh, <laughs> oh, I see. Okay. okay. Yeah. Sounds like your publicist needs to book our show. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what we just discovered? They're in your building. They're upstairs. What? Are you kidding? Yeah. Well, yeah. send them down every now oh, and then. Over yeah. there, have a chat. Yeah. <laughs> we are, we are yeah. clearly available for cupcakes and cookies <laughs> at any moment to help. So, David, um, I understand, uh, true or false, that you are one of those lucky, lucky people in the world who has known since he was a wee lad, as you might say back home, yeah. what you want to do for a living. Like, yeah. there was never a decision you had to make. It just kind of hit you at, like, age five, right? Uh, I, probably even earlier than that. Early? Really? Slightly unbelievably, yeah. I yeah. read that you actually said to your parents, I'm going to be the doctor. I don't know if I quite said it like that. I do, that's sort of like, that's passed into mythology a little okay. bit. But I certainly was watching Doctor Who as mm-hmm. a kid. Mm-hmm. And I know I, I know I was three years old because I remember the bit and I've been able to date it. Wow. Since. Wow. I saw one of the actors regenerating into another one. So that was 1974. I was three years old. Oh my gosh. Um, and I remember that prompted a conversation with my parents. Now, I mean, I don't know how... I don't know what, if I'm slightly misremembering things, con, you know, contracting them over several I years. I love it. It's a great story. It's yeah. a great story. Yeah. 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 I would just yeah. say yeah. go just with it. Keep going. Just go with it. We'll yeah. edit this. I up. remember having a conversation about what actors were and the actors were people who pretended and they were they, they weren't they weren't actually Time Lords, they were people pretending I to be. I wonder how many people watched Doctor Who and thought the exact same thing, but of course never ended up playing Doctor Who. Yeah, well, sure. And there's no reason I would why. say most, Kevin. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 yeah. I'm not great at math, but okay. I think a staggering a, a amount. A large amount. Yes. Okay. Yes. Statistically <laughs> unlikely. Yes. Right. Yeah. So is every choice you made from the time then you got into junior high school and high school, as we call it, you always worked toward, hey, I'm going to be an actor? Yeah. Yeah, no, I just, I, it was, I had absolutely no precedence around me. I didn't know any actors. I didn't know anyone who'd become an actor. I was from Paisley. That's not somewhere actors come from. <laughs> you know, I was a little sort of Scottish person with, with uh, uh, you know, uh, eyeglasses with Scotch tape around the, there was nothing about me <laughs> right. that suggested I should That's become an actor. actor. <laughs> exactly. Right. But I think because I, because I had no precedence around me, I thought, well, why not? You, you know, there's, there's nothing to stop you becoming an actor because I didn't really understand how difficult it is or how unlikely it is or how statistically vanishingly small uh, the possibility of it is. <laughs> was it difficult for you in the beginning? Did, was it hard to find roles or did you have some lucky breaks early? I was all right. I've, I, I, yeah, I got, I worked in, I went to drama school in Scotland and I worked in touring theatre in Scotland. That's where I started. So I did sort of one night stands doing Brecht plays in a van around the highlands and islands of Scotland. Um, and I just about 
managed to join the jobs up ever since. But it's a, you, you never feel like it's done. You never feel like you've arrived. Any sort of freelance anything, I think, you always feel... Yeah, well, but you were Doctor Who. Right? I mean, that, it all came yeah. together. You, yeah, I mean, yeah, you yeah. literally became the character you watch as a kid. It's ludicrous, isn't it? Yeah, it's bonkers. absolutely ludicrous. But you, that had to give you some feeling of, okay, I'm, I'm pretty good as an actor now. Uh, as far as jobs oh, in the future? No, no? You're, you're not factoring in the Scottish Presbyterian self-hatred. <laughs> oh, no, I forgot about that. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. You have to get that. That's and my so bad. At all times, you're convinced that, uh, that it's You're not all, worthy. You're not worthy mm-hmm. that one shouldn't be there yeah. and that uh, there's so somebody you, about to tap on the shoulder and say, Are you still out. like the actors we hear from sometimes on this show who as soon as a job ends, no matter how good it is, no matter how prestigious it is, no matter whether you've won an award or not, you still think... Am I going to get something else? It, is it, is it finally? Am I finally out of jobs? No, I'm not like that. I don't wait until the job has ended. It's in the middle of the previous job. You start of, freaking out. Yeah, yeah. This is it. It's the last yeah. job I'm ever going to have. Could I retrain as a barista? Is there still time? <laughs> David uh, Tennant is our guest here on the Kevin Beach Show. Believe it or not, he was able to get some work. It premieres next Friday, May 31st, yeah. on Amazon Prime. It looks fantastic. We have so much to discuss about good omens with our guests when we return right after this on. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. The delightful actor David Tennant in studio with us here on the Kevin and Bean Show. His latest project is called Good Omens. It premieres next Friday, May 31st on Amazon Prime Video. Now, your character Crowley is not actually the devil, right? But he is from hell? He's a devil. He's a devil. Are you you tired of being typecast, David? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's my Scottish Presbyterian upbringing, you see. It's coming back to help me out. Um, Yeah, he's a devil. So he's he's been... um, Positioned on Earth as sort of hell's representative. Okay, okay. so All you're right. the PR person for Satan. Exactly. Okay, he's been there since the Garden of Eden. We first meet them at the Garden of Eden, and and he has a a, a, a counterpoint who's a zero fail, who's heaven's representative on Earth. So they are mm-hmm. they are basically set on on Earth, kind of to cancel each other out. So I'm doing okay. some temptation. I'm sort of sorting out the French the the the, the, the reign of terror things mm-hmm. like that. Um, and uh, a zero fail is kind of is, is supposed to reset the balance. And but that's Michael Sheen. That's Michael Sheen. Okay. Yeah. But as the years and the millennia go on, they discover that they can sort of help each other out. Oh. You know, and uh, as they're going to cancel each other out in the end anyway, they can just have quite a nice time. Sure. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. So they become friends and enjoy everything that the mortal world has to offer. This came from the wonderful, magical, strange mind of whom? Of Neil Gaiman and oh. Terry Pratchett. Legends. It's a novel that they wrote together many, many years ago. In the tr- 90s, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and we're trying to get it... Um, made into a movie or there was all sorts of sort of false starts and mm-hmm. Terry Pratchett who unfortunately uh, died um, um, quite a few years ago now sort of said to Neil on his kind of on his deathbed this is how Neil tells the story that you know I, make sure this gets made I really want to see this get wow. made so Neil not a lot to, of pressure no, no not at all <laughs> yeah so Neil had to give up writing best selling novels for a while mm-hmm. and write six episodes uh, of this show wow. and uh and the I mean, reviews are insane. Insanely oh, really good. While researching, yes, I was I was like, this is a uh, Time Magazine calling it a spectacle. Everyone's saying we'd be lucky for the apocalypse to look like this. <laughs> I mean, it, it, the cast is also insane. I mean, it's like yeah. a who's who at times. It's bananas. Yeah. yeah. John Hamm is in there. Uh, Francis McDormand is the voice of God, obviously. Obviously, yeah, right? I mean, that Jack goes Whitehall. Jack Whitehall's in there. Um, Benedict Mike, Cumberbatch, you guys. He's yeah. the voice of Satan. 
Come on. Yeah, well. Yeah. Um, Michael McKeon, is that someone you'd known before? Well, f- Spinal Tap? Are you kidding? Right. No, but have you, no, have you known him personally, though? And <laughs> I, <laughs> I did, I'd never known him personally, no. no. Uh, he's a joy, a right? Light. Oh, he's great. Yeah. He's he's full of stories as well. Mm-hmm. You just want to sit at the side of the set with Michael McKeon telling you stories of old Hollywood. Amazing. Yeah. 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 Um, when I when I, I watched a lot of the, the pre-release material, the interviews, the behind-the-scenes, the featurettes and stuff, this is a very big-budget Amazon Prime show. Bananas. I mean, this, this yeah. looks like an Avengers movie is what it looks it like. It really with all does. The special effects and stuff. A lot of green screen for you. Tough work? No, it's great. It's like being in the playground. Just you know, you know, you're sort of standing there and someone. So just imagine the devil has come through the the concrete floor <laughs> right. and is seven hundred feet above you, roaring at you. I mean, what? and that's <laughs> easy. You're like this yeah, old trope. Sure, <laughs> <laughs> not this again. Uh, yeah. It's great fun. It's like being in the playground. Yeah. How was the uh, how was the Antichrist misplaced? I'm confused as to that one tiny plot point. Well, it's sort of my fault. My one of my jobs as the uh, Hell's emissary on Earth is to deliver the Antichrist to the correct. Uh, the, the, the correct birthing suite. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I hand it over to a, a, a slightly, uh, um, a not particularly clever n- nun who's supposed to be serving the Dark mm-hmm. Lord Satan. Okay. And she just gets it wrong and, and the, the, the babies yeah. get switched. Oh, no. eh, mistakes happen. Exactly. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. So we think we're tracking the Antichrist through through childhood, and actually we're tracking a completely innocent little boy. <laughs> Just and the Antichrist is in a little village in England, <laughs> about so to good. unleash hell. Yeah. Guys, uh, I always talk about how there's too much TV yeah. and how can you pick things. Yeah. I am in on this. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't yeah, say yeah. that this is not like a BS thing. I usually just go, eh, "It's a lot of TV." I, yeah, I have there is a lot of TV. This, yeah, but too this, much. This is really. I mean, I'm really excited for it. It turns out this is the TV. Yeah, though. this is, this is it. Everything yeah. else, blow it off. I have a question. Six six episodes. Six. I mean, if it's as great as we think, we'll be. But that's how about doing a little more? Well, why? Why do more when it's perfectly formed? True. Six mm. perfect episodes. I got stuff to do, Kevin. You know, and that. it's a story. You're going. You know, you're going to have I a beginning, a middle, and an end. I'm going to have a great time, and I'm yeah. going to go. That's it. Wait, I want more. We like to leave you wanting more. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Let me ask you a question. As a man, that um, uh, people are so excited to meet you. You're you're a star to so many people. Oh. <laughs> you must feel that same way about certain actors. And I'm yeah. wondering, you're going to go to uh, Mr. Corden's show a little later. Oh, I see where you're going with this. So you know who else is on, right? I do. I Bradley do. Whitford. I'm a little giddy. Yes. You you love the West Wing I more love, than most. I love, love the West Wing. Okay. I think, the, I think Aaron Sorkin's the sort of the greatest writer. Sure. Ever been. I think the, the West Wing is kind of when he was just out of his brain with brilliance. Right. And Josh from the West Wing is yeah. sort of my favorite television character of all time. I was going to ask who's time. your favorite. Of all time. And I, yeah, I'm going to be. We're hours away from you going. And, and you've, never met him. Him. you've never I've met him. You've never met him. never met him. Now, can you play it cool? Are you good at that? I wouldn't have thought. I, I, what will happen is I will retreat and be, I'll mm-hmm. probably be sitting on the couch on James Corden's show saying not a single word. <laughs> really? And he's going he's gonna to tell his friends, this dude doesn't even talk. I don't <laughs> know what's wrong with him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also Elizabeth Banks, who's phenomenally cool I mean, cool come well. on. It's so a good couch. Yeah. I, I, I will mean, definitely, yeah, I was going to say sitting in the middle. I'll be on the end. Be, <laughs> I'll be perched on the end trying to get one bum cheek on the sofa. <laughs> I love that you still get starstruck. I love oh, that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Bradley uh, ha- Whitford is definitely going to do it. Yeah. Have you ever met uh, Sean Connery, who has to be no. renowned among all Scottish actors? Never I met Sean Connery, but I did work with Billy Connolly, 
who's another, oh, another Scottish yes. royalty. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and he played my father in a movie. And so we worked together for weeks. And for the whole first week, I just didn't speak to him. I just yeah. couldn't, couldn't look him in the really? eye. Really? Oh. Yeah. Well, I'd been brought up. My dad used to play cassette tapes of yeah, Billy Connolly. Bring in yeah. Billy Connolly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, By the end, it. we were old chums. Okay. <laughs> I assume that all Scottish people hang out together here in America. Like, you obviously hang out with Gerard Butler all the time, right? All the time. All the time. <laughs> like, you can't, like, yeah, you can't get what, him out of your house. you have a gathering place? Or what, yeah, how do you just, see this that's working? That's how Alex? I see it okay. working. Right. You're like, oh, it's Tuesday, pub. A and then you all, club yeah, you all kind of meet up and you talk about Scottish stuff. Put our kilts on and, yes. yeah, and strip to the waist and wrestle. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. This is better than we thought. Let the man, let the man speak. Come on. <laughs> what else? Um, uh, Good Omens is the show. Amazon Pride premieres next Friday, May 31st. Mr. Tennant, it's uh, so great to have you, and we've enjoyed it so much. But before you go, yeah. Allie is going to fire 60 seconds worth of questions Oh, good. At you. I love it. I love it. Yeah, just the first thing that comes to your mind here. Are the right si- and wrong answers? Or can no. I just, okay, uh, no. Okay, fine. It's all, it's all you. 60 seconds with David Tennant. Okay. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Yeah. Oh. Wrong. Do you think it's weird that Tarzan has no beard? Like, what's he shaving with out there? That's a. I've never thought of it. This is a brilliant question. Thank you. Thank I really you, want David. to unpack that, but there isn't time. I can hear the clock ticking. Correct. You can join the cast of any TV show, Past or Present. Which show would I'm you still choose? Thinking about Tarzan. I would be Josh Lyman's <laughs> Butler. On oh, West Wing. Okay. okay. West Wing. Excellent. Dog kisses on the mouth. Yes or no? Get away from me and keep them off a of bed. I don't want my dog anywhere. I mean, my dog's fine, but she's very stupid. I don't want anywhere near me. <laughs> <laughs> what is the best thing to come out of Scotland? Uh, uh, Billy Connolly. Excellent. Uh, what was your first job? Oh, I delivered flowers uh, for Interflora. I got. I mean, I got driven around and I went up to the door and went, Happy Valentine's Day! I oh, was I like 14 or something. How many Proclaimer shows have you been to? Oh, about 10 probably. Ooh. All right, you can bring one album to a deserted island. Oh. Which one? Oh, don't... Oh, I, I'm, I'm sorry we're out of time. Oh, Unfortunately, we have all the yeah. time in the world. What a shame. One album? One album. That's just cruel. Though. I know it is. I don't want... Can I bring some sort of compilation? No, I mean, well, you like, got to pick one. Like now, a that's they, now that's what they call music or whatever. Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> that's what we call the 90s. A mixtape. Uh, one album's just unfair. All okay. right. Just well, we're I gonna, say you're still we're, stuck on Tarzan. I'm we're going to give you a smash mouth and, and with our oh, thanks no, 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 is what yeah. we're going to oh, do. No, 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 I mean, no, you no, didn't no. pick no, so. We have to. Sergeant Pepper. I'll take Sergeant okay, Pepper. Okay. All right. Joshua Tree. I don't know. Something like that. Okay. Oh, that's too new. Sergeant Next time you're in the building seeing your folks upstairs, please stop by and say hello, David Tennant. Listen, I'm so thrilled to be here. It's been such a joy. Thank appreciate you it. for having me. Thank you. Bye-bye. We appreciate it. Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. K-Rock. Oh. Is anyone nicer than David Tennant? No. Nope. Jesus. Oh, he did He did figure one out. <laughs> mm. Okay. Leave it up to All Bean. Right. I mean, <laughs> technically, I think you're right. <laughs> okay. He was, uh, he was delightful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, Jesus or David? David Tennant. Okay. Mm-hmm. Remember when he was here? That was fun. That was uh, about five minutes ago. Yeah. yeah. Hey, guys, um, I know it's hard to, uh, it seems like we're out of cycle, but there is a very important election. Uh, I'll say it. The most important election in our lifetime that's going on right now <laughs> at krock.com. Who should be the president of the Zero Club? As you know, Kevin recently ran out of gas, and many, including Omar, his primary challenger, says that that disqualifies, disqualifies him from running the Zero Club because he doesn't understand how the Zero Club works. You're not supposed to run out of gas. Mm-hmm. 
So you can go to krock.com right now and you can vote. Uh, we're writer or die is Kevin's slogan. He is at currently 67% of the votes to stay as president of the right? Zero Club. Uh, our Zero Hero, DJ Omar Khan, is coming up in second place right now at 24%. Old Man Ruben, the out-of-nowhere uh, surprise third-party candidate, putting the fossil on fossil fuel at 9%. Oh, he's growing. Voting is, I mean, he starts slow, but right? look out, he's just going to catch fire anytime now. He's not uh, a shower. He's a grower. <laughs> Voting is open until tomorrow at 9 a.m., you guys. You can cast your vote today and tomorrow morning, and then we'll find out who will be the president of the Zero Club. All you do is go to krock.com to cast your vote. And also, uh, I think, hear the campaign ads, right, as well? Sure. Are up there yeah. Yep. All right, Allie, uh, take us home for this uh, Wednesday morning with what's happening. Well, this this seems this seems like a lot, you guys. Uh, so Moby Moby has revealed some pretty juicy gossip in his new memoir. Then it all fell apart, uh, making out with Christina Ricci, feuding with Eminem, hanging out with childhood heroes like Joe Strummer and David Bowie. But uh, it's when he talked about dating Lana Del Rey. Lana Del Rey, nope. Dating a college-aged Natalie Portman that um, has people talking. And by people, Natalie Portman. So here is what he says in the book. We had just finished a show in Austin, playing for about 450 people. I walked to the backstage door. Sure that this was a misunderstanding or a joke, but there was Natalie Portman patiently waiting. She gazed up at me with black eyes and said, hi. He said, I was a bald binge drinker who lived in an apartment that smelled like mildew and old bricks. And Natalie Portman was a beautiful movie star, but here she was in my dressing room flirting with me. He then goes on to talk about, you know, different dates that they went on. Um, But a later chapter details a rendezvous from 1999 when she was attending Harvard in Boston. Here's the quote. I took a taxi to Cambridge to meet Natalie. We held hands and wandered around Harvard, kissing under the centuries-old oak trees. At midnight, she brought me to her dorm room, and we laid down next to each other on her small bed. After she fell asleep, I carefully extracted myself from her arms and took a taxi back to my hotel. That is the least sexy story ever. Well, here's what Natalie Portman says. Oh. I was surprised to hear that he characterized the very short time that I knew him as dating... Because my recollection is a much older man being creepy with me when I had just graduated high school. Oh, oh he, no. He said I was 20. I definitely was, and I was a teenager. I just turned 18. There was no fact-checking from him or his publisher. It almost feels deliberate that he used his story to sell his book was very disturbing to me. Yeah. Wow. Not That's good. not great. He has uh, responded um, and said that he recently read the stuff that she said, and he's sticking to it. He said, I can't figure out why she would actively misrepresent the truth about about our, albeit brief, involvement. The story is laid out in my book, is accurate, with lots of corroborating photo evidence. Thanks, Moby. Lewd, all this, Yeah, right? this is ugly. I, it's not, yeah. I uh, feel like... Even if it happened, if she comes out and says it doesn't, maybe just... It puts yourself in a weird position. Yeah. Be quiet or take it back or whatever. And I it, remember things differently, but mm-hmm. whatever she says is fine with me. And wouldn't you, though, if you were writing a book about um, a, a relationship, wouldn't you reach out to the person and go, listen, I'm going to include this in the book? I'm writing a Hope book and cool. she's in it. 
Natalie Portman. You are. Oh, sure, you yeah. are? Did you uh-huh. reach out? Sure. You no, no, out. no, no. Of course not. He's no? doing it to sell books. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. That's how you do it. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. All right. I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. By the way, um, you mentioned the Lana Del Rey story, which I think mm-hmm. is worth mentioning as well, because he had a uh, he had her back at his apartment. And she rejected him because he's a horn dog, mm-hmm. yeah. basically. And I mean, that kind of came out. He at least fessed up to that one. Uh, but he just seems like problematic a little bit with his uh, dating back in the day. Also, like chill out, Moby. <laughs> like, what's going I think on, that's man? The takeaway. Yeah, like, just calm down. <laughs> I mean, this is his second bi- autobiography, yeah. too. By the way, I guess so he's maybe, just reaching. Yeah, maybe. I I like Moby as an artist too. I'm a, I consider myself a fan of Moby, but I don't think I need this book. Call me fabulous. Right? Okay. This is a very odd story, but um, when soul legend Aretha Franklin passed away last summer, her family said, yep, no will, although she has $80 million in her estate, um, there was no will. They couldn't figure out how to divvy up that estate to her kids and the family. That gets ugly. Do they fight over it now? Very ugly. Oh, yeah. Uh, Turns out she left behind three, including one tucked under a cushion in the living room. Several handwritten wills were found in her home nearly a year after she passed away of pancreatic cancer in August of 2018. Two of them from 2010 were found in a locked cabinet after a key to that dresser was found. So they unlocked it and were like, oh, here's two wills. And then a third one, which was from 2014, so the most updated Mm -hmm. of the wills, found under the cushions in her living room. That's where you're supposed to... To put your wills, right? Is it? Okay, yeah. see, I didn't know that. Yeah, um, but how, how is a lady dead a year before somebody... Checks looks, the cushions? Checks the cushions ever... <laughs> I mean, don't they have, they have a cleaning crew in at some point since That's she died? That's what I'm saying. Um, although some of the writing is hard to decipher, they appear to give assets to certain family members. So, the wills were filed in court on Monday, but they're not sure if they will be legally binding under Michigan law, but wouldn't you be mad if you notice in the will, it's like, and, you know, Cousin Joe gets my whole estate, and they're like, no, not legally binding. (laughs) No, it definitely says it right there. Uh, But I think this is, uh, again, one of those times where it, it, it's a talking point. It's a. It begs the question, do you have your will done? No matter what age you are, Luke Perry didn't think he was going to have a stroke and pass mm-hmm. away. It, it yeah. seems like people are, like, even recently, so many people. She was worth $80 million. $80 I mean, million. Dollars. Also, you would think that would yeah. cause a will to be done. Yeah. Huh. Well, she did three. She did. So. She did. Do any of you have wills? I do. You do? Yeah. Well, Kevin? and also because the kid's coming. So. Mm-hmm. You have a will too, Allie? Yeah. I do. Um, but says, wow. I have no one on Allie's, though, which is sad. <laughs> I know you said earlier not to make the joke. How'd that too. go? It was so good. Was it? This one, was, this one I was like, this is my last one. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yes! Bean? Yes! 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 Yes. Yes. I have a will. What? I have a question. Why? Why would you not have a will? Because people want to put time. off the inevitable thought that they're going to die. That's why. It's so dumb. It is, but people always think that's way in the future. Nobody wakes up and expects to die that day. Yeah, but it's not Except like it's the long- it's not the Bean l- thinks that every day. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. It's not the longest process. Like, you could just get, like, you're going to do it anyway. Get it out of the way. That way, when you die, not everyone's like, where does this go? Like, I mean, what you're saying makes sense. I know, but it just seems so dumb. Yeah. I think call in now if you think nope. it's okay that you've don't never- Don't need calls. Oh, okay. oh I guarantee majority of people our age don't have one. 
For sure they don't. Maybe, you know, if you have kids, that becomes, you know, a little bit quicker you do it. But yeah. I don't I don't think people younger than 50 have wills. I, I don't agree. know. I guess maybe if you don't own a house, like a, own a property mm-hmm. or something, maybe it hasn't come up in your mind. But if you own a property, mm-hmm. it's like it becomes a nightmare for your entire family. Yeah. 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 What are you call doing? Now. You're dead, right? right. No, no, don't call. With me. Nope. I, I thought you call. had to call, but don't call. It's no call. It would be a bad time. Mm-hmm. No calls. Uh, scary Spice. What's happened happening with her eyeballs, you guys? Uh oh. Uh oh. So she took, she took to Instagram <laughs> to shoot down a report that claimed that she had gone blind. And this, this comes up often to her like, hey, did you go blind? But clarified that she did, in fact, recently go blind in her right eye and now suffers severe blurriness in the other one. Oh, no. She said, just to be clear, I was not okay, and this has never, ever happened to me before. I was in a lot of pain, very, very scared. She went to an eye specialist in London, diagnosed by an eye specialist with severe... (laughs) <laughs> severe aritis in my right eye and uveitis in her left eye. So she has to do these heavy-duty eye drops and other medication to keep the eye's inflammation under control. But what? all of a sudden, you're just blind in an eye? Uh, and she's diagnosed with bonkers in both eyes. I don't know if that's true. I don't know. This does not bode well for the Big Spice Girls reunion concert no. next month. I mean, she's going to fall off the stage. Well, you don't have to have bad eyesight to do that, Bean. (laughs) Well, that's true, too. (laughs) It's just, it's crazy. I don't like it. I don't like it either. I don't like the fact that you're just hanging out all willy-nilly, then you're blind in your left eye. Blind spice. Oh. I mean, it works. Right? Yeah. Patch spice, blindy spice, blindy spice, or uh, no vision spice. That's Mm -hmm. a little more. It's wordy. It's wordy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'll keep working on it. Okay, right. yeah, just workshop some stuff. Good luck with that. Some birthdays for you guys. Morrissey, Daniel Bryan, Maggie Q, Jennifer Goodwin, and Naomi Campbell. And that's what's happening. Thank you, Allie. Uh, 5 p.m. commercial-free hour is happening thanks to a random act of publicist <laughs> from the SoCal Helpful Honda dealers. Kevin, what about Kevin? <laughs> no, that, was, that was much rougher. <laughs> uh, tomorrow morning, we have Get Up On This, where Jensen tells us about something that we should know about already. Uh, we also have your tickets for the K-Rock Weenie Roast, Luau, and Beach Party, and we've got your passes to the K-Rock Advanced screening of Godzilla, King of the Monsters tomorrow. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.